to the podcast. We're here. A couple of critics podcast. I'm Michelle. I'm Sam. And we're here to review some stuff. We're doing it. I like how we're getting into it fast already. No bullshitting. You just want to do it right now? Uh, I, well, we're reviewing a movie this time, and those always tend to take quite a bit longer. So there's no reason to not. We have plenty of time to bullshit throughout, I suppose. That's true. Plus, what's been going on? I don't know. You started shitting a bunch again? I was just last night. <laughs> Ironically, though, right after I eat the same stuff that made me. It wasn't even the same food, though. It was from the no, same place. but it was the same. It was chicken again. But you've had the same meal from there. You just didn't eat there, and it didn't make you poop. This time I got a chimichanga. Yuck. Just kidding. <laughs> just You can like chimichangas if you want. And we were supposed to I just rec- never liked them. <laughs> They're okay. <laughs> we were supposed to record this last night. And then Sam got the stomach cramps real bad and was in and out of the bathroom for a while. Mm-hmm. But it I, stayed solid, bro. It wasn't diarrhea. Mm-hmm. It was solid. I don't know if it was the food's fault or if I was just constipated for a while and didn't realize it, which could very well be the case. I didn't plan on starting the episode this way. <laughs> well, whatever. But here we are talking about poop right at the beginning. Like we. But I'm fine today, and we're recording this episode today. We're doing it. We're we getting are. it done. It's nice and gloomy outside. Tis the season for freezing and sneezing. I like that. Tis the season for freezing and sneezing. Burr. Burr, burr. It's so cold. Go inside and get by the fireplace. Oh, get yourself some hot cocoa. And you'll be a snowman when you come in and you'll melt into a little boy. You'll melt into a piece of coal and a carrot. <laughs> Those were your testicles and dick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we, yeah, so it's it's my week. It I decided is. to give Sam a movie. And Sam has previously said that. Uh, he's said, please don't make me watch this movie even for the podcast and you just you've really been turned off by the movie ghost absolutely and uh which is primarily we'll, we'll go ahead and just get to it which because i think you talked to your boss as well that there's a specific scene that the movie ghost is known for which is real nasty and ceramic and <laughs> people like you assume that it is just a straight up romance love story, not into this at all. If you grew up as a, like if you were a kid when this came out, which we were definitely as a boy, which I was, which was came out in 1990. So I'm like four or five, depending mm-hmm. on when it came out. Uh, and then like, you know, afterwards when it's getting parodied a thousand times afterwards, that after that, afterwards, that that was the worst. I liked it though. Of all time, <laughs> it made me sound smarter. It just. <laughs> I think everyone will agree. You sound the smartest on this podcast <laughs> at all times. I'm like a mumbly Homer Simpson coming in. You, um, maybe with the words that I say, but not by the sound of my voice. God damn it! I hate that fucking phone case. <laughs> it used to be so great at hold up for so long, and then it just got worn down. But yeah, I. I sound so nasally, and maybe because it's I smoke so, because I smoke so much weed that that I just sound like maybe. now. Hey, but, like a, like a hey man kind of sound. Is that what you're saying? Like I have a real thick, swollen sinus sinus cavity, sinal cavity. <laughs> well, pro- I mean, yeah, that makes sense. So 
I'm I'm nasally in my own way. I never like the sound of my voice. I think that the more we do this, the worse that it sounds. At least the more... <laughs> the more you hate it. Maybe I'm just morphing more into you, into the dumb Homer Simpson sound. Dude, dude, dude. I'm Sam. Well, let's get uh, more etiquette and we'll talk clearer. Yeah, let's get more Hi. etiquette. My name is Sam. <laughs> is that how you Sam. Do it? Sam. I am a smart man. So anyway, as a little boy, you saw this stuff and you thought it was all just a schmooze fest. You don't know that this movie potentially has some charm, some laughs, and some scares. Ooh, scares? <laughs> you never got scared. There's definitely uh, some... I think Bronson Pinchot's scary later. What? I can never remember the guy's name, so I just say names. Yeah, you just say random names every time. <laughs> Bronson Pinchot, first of all, is in the Langoliers, not in Ghost. Jeffrey Tambor, uh, despite <laughs> what Ryan Seacrest thinks, was also not in the movie Ghost. <laughs> I love how with Bronson Pinchot, you chose Langoliers. It's always the Langoliers. Instead of Perfect Strangers. It's never Perfect Strangers to me. <laughs> I He was bulky to me just a little bit. I've seen the Langoliers so many more times <laughs> in my life. And the Langoliers is pretty long. And he's like psychotic and strips pieces of paper for com- for like comfort. And like rolls his eyes in the back of his head while you know, he sweats profusely. You know what I see in the future of this podcast is... A long-ass podcast episode <laughs> reviewing the Langoliers. Uh, maybe that's a watch-along. Bonus content. B-b-b-bonus. Yeah, that works for me. I don't care. Anyway, what were we talking about? We're talking about the movie Ghost. Oh, yeah, and I said Bronson Pinchot And you really just took us way off the train. I'm fishing, oh, and I caught me a bass, and it's called distraction. And you're serving it up for dinner. <laughs> So, right. the I movie was, Ghost. It's beautiful. As you said, came out in 1990. It was a movie you were never interested in. I, I'm i familiar with this movie because it was one of the few movies that McDonald's sold in the early 90s. Because oh, yeah. And I don't know if it was a Christmas thing, like if it was a deal around the holidays, but they used to have these things at McDonald's where you could buy... You know, different glasses with characters on them and different, not even McDonald's characters. No, it's like the Flintstones movie had come out and you could buy those shaped Flintstone glasses. That, yeah, just different promotional clear, things. Look, kind of looked like ice a little bit. It was neat. Yeah. And at one point in the very early 90s, they were selling the movies, which apparently both of our parents purchased. We have Fifle Goes West. Yeah. Fifle. Did you look up all of them, what they were? What no. They actually sold? No, oh, I just remember. Yeah, Fifel, Field of Dreams, yes. and Ghost. <laughs> and they sold them pretty cheap, weren't they? Weren't I, they like five, five, five dollars? Fifel uh, goes west dollars? Five to ten or something. I think and that they, were, they VHS. were cheaper. I remember getting handed the VHS through the drive through window. I it was wild. I feel like I remember when they used to have these things, when you went to McDonald's, and you, at least the one here in town, that they had a case under where you ordered that just had lined up like three vhs's or the glasses or whatever were like the promotional things and they'd have a just a little not it wasn't the whole counter just like right under where you would order there would be a little glass display case right display case where they would have like the promotional thing that was on sale at the time and i remember at least those three movies because my dad purchased them and i watched them Many, many times. <laughs> I definitely watched Five O Goes West and Field of Dreams. A bunch. Really? Definitely Five O Goes really? West. Really? Field of Dreams, you? 
Uh, I think it's because my mom watched it a lot. And I'm going to go ahead and probably say, when I say we watched it a lot, I mean, it was on TV. Okay. And my mom watched it a lot. Therefore, I watched it. Because, you know, my mom, she didn't. She owned the movies, mm-hmm. but preferred watching the TV version with the commercials and the editing and taking out the racy parts. What a fool. There's nothing <laughs> racy in a movie that you can buy from McDonald's. Okay, I've got a list of what McDonald's was selling. At that time? Maybe it was just they were only selling like chunks at a time. I'm looking at 1990. 90. All right. Well, these came out in maybe it was like 91 or something. Adam's Family. They were selling that. I, I remember that. I don't. Charlotte's Web, Ghost, Wayne's World, An American Tale, Five Goes West, Back to the Future, Field of Dreams, Land Before Time. And that's basically, there's more, but it's all like the wacky adventures of Ronald McDonald, the monster O McDonald Land. Sounds like something that we need to find. <laughs> we're going to review the wacky adventures of Ronald McDonald Birthday World. So we can see hamburgers the talk and chicken McNuggets you can take for a walk. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Ghost. Ghost. How do we want to start talking about this monumental film? Simple. So we have some main characters in here, some big stars. We have Patrick Swayze. The Swayze man. He's the main character, the ghost. He's playing Sam. He's Sam Wheat. <laughs> You're a dead guy. Yeah. Whoa. And... We have Demi Moore, which I guess that they knew they wanted her from the get-go because she was just the adorable, short-haired, doe-eyed, Shelby-looking girl. (laughs) Everybody understood that. (laughs) Uh, She looks like someone we know named Shelby every once in a while to me when she had short hair. Boom. And was younger. Uh, Who I was talking about? Oh, uh, and then we have we have Tony Goldwyn, which I had to look into this. I was trying to explain this to you and I was all over the place and wrong. So Tony Goldwyn, he is an actor. He still acts. If you look him up, you'll know his face. He's been in different things. I guess this his very first movie technically was Sam Friday the 13th part six, six, I think I think it's Jason six. lives. I don't know. But I think he's in part six. He was added material film later because they needed more death. <laughs> well, this was technically his breakout role. So I figured it out because I said that he comes from a, a rich family. The Goldwyn kid. So his grandfather was Sam Goldwyn of Metro Goldwyn Mayer MGM Studios. Whoa. Which really isn't a thing these days, but in like talking MGM Studios in the 30s and 40s is when they really reached their peak. And then they started seeing a decline yeah, over dude. the decades after that. But this M- is this they're like really classy early Hollywood. Yeah, didn't MGM do like like uh like Cleopatra type movies and uh what's the fucking movie called? Like Let's the see. Ten Commandments and shit. It says that um they did let's see a grand hotel david copperfield good earth the women philadelphia story these are all like old fucking movies that i don't know ben hur i'm familiar with ben hur um did they do though they're still around gone with the wind yeah but they're nothing like they used to be yeah didn't they just do no time to die though that's i don't know what that is that's bond baby but we have let's see 
The MGM, however, became especially celebrated for its lavish musicals, including The Wizard of Oz, uh, Meet yeah. Me in St. Louis, So the Clowns Roll By, Easter Parade, Annie Get Your Gun, Showboat, An American in Paris, Singing in the Rain. <laughs> like, yeah, classics. Lots of just... I mean, they're the lion. It looks like this studio also produced uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. MGM did a fuck ton. Uh, yeah, definitely. So that means old Tony Goldwyn, he had many doors available for him. Yeah, but Isn't he actually, he's worked his whole life, so yeah. it's not like he just got all these huge roles, because it's not like anyone's going to be like, yeah, Tony Goldwyn, I know who that well, I'm is. I'm not saying he got shit handed to him, but he can get a meeting with some people if he needs to. He's definitely always been seen more as... I would think a side character sort of guy. He was on the show Scandal, which I've never seen. He voiced uh, Tarzan in 1999. Oh, breakout role. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was. I'm just going to go ahead and say the breakout role for me is still Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives. He was in The Last House on the Left in 2009. He was in Kiss the really? Girls. I remember that. The Sixth Day with Arnold Schwarzenegger it came yeah. out in 2000. The Last Samurai. Everyone remembers that. With... Uh, wasn't that Tommy Cruise? Mm-hmm. Do you remember that because uh, wasn't it rate? Wasn't it like uh, wasn't it like whitewashed? People uh, said it was whitewashing stuff because this white dude's the last samurai. Yeah, like the Mexican was Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts and stuff like that. Like it's always white people in these movies that are supposed to be like cultured, but they still put like leading white actors. I think that's the. The idea behind stuff well, like that. I mean, when we're that good at acting, you're just going to have to keep giving us roles. And by us, I mean white people. White people. That so- was a joke. Don't see me. Uh, Michelle doesn't like it when I say this word anymore. Cancel. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. I hate it a lot. So it looks like he's done a lot of serious things and he's done some, uh, you know, like romantic things. Look him up if you and care. He also laid on a blanket and tried to be romantic with a girl, and then he threw the wine glass behind him because it was time to have some sex. And then he gets murdered, baby. On the wine glass? I don't remember how he gets killed, and I'm very ashamed of that. You should be. I'm very. Absolutely ashamed. I'm ashamed. I don't know. And the the final, I would say, star of the movie is the one and only. Kane Hodder. Second time discussed on this podcast. This is the second movie that I have chosen with this class act of a woman. It's true. The one and only Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. Which I found out the role wasn't even being offered to Whoopi. It was Patrick Swayze who fought to get her that role. And he was just like, you need to be in this movie. Like he saw her in it. And was just like, you know, have you been offered this? No. And she like got her people. And this movie ended up winning her her first and only Oscar. Well, spoiler, Whoopi is definitely the star of this movie. No, I know she's we've great. got I know we've got stars in this film with like Demi or Demi. I don't know how we're supposed to pronounce her name. Is it Demi? It's yeah. Whatever. It's Dummy more. And Patrick Sways, man. But Whoopi destroys everyone in acting in uh just comedic timing i know not everyone's there for comedy patrick swayze is there every once in a while intentionally and a lot unintentionally 
but oh he just makes really over the top <laughs> reactive faces <laughs> which is interesting so we can actually start into this movie because i did make notes I, I wrote them down and you wrote down some notes too is that your only page i have notes too we've got one page front and back and then a quarter Ooh. of another page which means this podcast will be three hours long yeah well it won't be a short one but we won't try and drag it out too long i do want to say that the beginning intro which is something that i did read about this movie is that a lot of times as you thought a lot of people just think it's a romantic movie and there's romance there's definitely love relationship whatever stuff it is the crux of the story love yes but this movie uh like we said has a lot going on in it and the the beginning intro sequence seems spooky i think they it's going through this um like abandoned old building and the music is everywhere and the music is like i think it's it's kind of made to seem spooky and there's like cobwebs and there's a section i wrote this down my very first note is flashing ghost logo at you when the the ghost logo comes up to like say that you're seeing the movie ghost it's like and like comes at you and there's a real like jump scare you're just all of a sudden like ghost I have to do it. I, all yeah. of a sudden, you're like, Gah! this makes the sense. <laughs> I mean, that that makes sense to do it in that sense. She's like, ghost. Yep, <laughs> that's that's gonna be a thing. All right, I'm stopping it there. Uh, we'll see about that. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> move on. So, Sorry. we actually are immediately introduced to three of the main characters after this spooky introduction because. It is three friends who are working on expanding this, like, apartment space. I, is it is it New York? It seems very New York. Well, they filmed in New York. I think it's definitely supposed to be in New York. Okay. So I know the, I know the filming locations are New York. Okay. I've, I looked into that before we did this podcast. And it's got a New York sensibility. The way the people talk and, and they're like, hey, how you get out of the way? Yeah. Honk, honk, beep, beep. Stuff like that. That happens a lot. <laughs> When I was in New York, I got, hey, get out of the way, honk, honk, beep, beep. Oh, I meant in the movie. Oh, I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, we do get someone who gets hit by a car, so honk, honk, honk beep, honk, beep. beep, beep. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so they're just, it's Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore's character, Molly and Sam. They are a couple. They live in this apartment. They just moved in. Uh, they're very happy. And then their friend... Don't remember his name. I'm sure it's here somewhere. Why well, don't Carl? He's Carl. Carl. And uh, he's just the third wheel in the beginning. Yeah, it does seem like he's a third wheel. And uh, I think I even, I don't, oh, it's later. But to give an insight on the relationship with Carl and Molly right now, mm-hmm. not Sam and Molly, but Carl and Molly later, she says something like, I wrote here, oh, God, did you invite him? So it seems like I'm already supposed to pick up that it's more Sam's friend. It's definitely more Sam's friend because they work together. And she's kind of like maybe even annoyed by him. You know how like a friend can get annoying of like oh, that, third wheel. Gonna, that guy's coming over again. We were supposed to watch this by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Shit like that. That's how Carl feels. But it's not necessarily against him as a person. Just no, like, just, oh, he's always around. Yeah, him again. <laughs> that yeah. kind. Yeah. Um, so then you kind of get a short dynamic of that and then you see like i said just a little bit ago that sam and 
uh, well, Carl are friends. They work together in the Big Apple. Yep, definitely in the Big Apple. You have one of those very common, like, walking amongst other people on the oh, sidewalk on the, to the work. busy street. And... It's the hustle and bustle of the beginning of the day. We got to get business deals done, baby. They're wearing mm-hmm. suits. They're looking snazzy. You can tell they're high-rise guys. Oh, for sure. High-rise guys. And Sam is much more... He's at least over Carl. It seems that way. It seems like... In the work Carl world. almost... I don't want to say reports to him. No, but... But definitely, like... Sam is definitely... Aids a, him. Above him because yeah. he has He's to, like... office, too. Sam does. Yeah, and he has to, like, give permission to use... Oh, the code? Like, his code and to do things and... Like he's, I got the sense though that that code is everyone's got their own code, and you got to put it in whenever you're doing financial deals. Yeah, but I have, but but maybe Carl doesn't have access to a code like this. Not like his because he's moving like millions and millions of do- hundreds of millions it of dollars. Seems like so it's definitely a financial thing, and Carl is the one who makes the transfers of the money. Sam is the one who figures out and like actually manages the account. Probably yeah, checks the books keeps that shit in order we got to talk about this elevator scene uh yeah i have that that's next so they're in the <laughs> elevator and first of all man it's so different watching things in covid times oh when you see a, a full elevator and a, everybody's just breathing on each other <laughs> and not just that which i do like the nerve of making sick and contagious jokes in the elevator like it's very 90s super 90s but it starts with coughing carl's coughing and they just talk about how it's contagious and how. Oh, it, what do you got, Carl? Oh, doctor said it's contagious. Oh, I don't remember all the things he says. No, but they go it, through a whole list of it stuff. It like has spread. It's like something that's super contagious on his body, and it's uh, like on his genitals. Like he's just like, is it, is it on your genitals? And he's like, yeah. It's almost like a improv game. Like they just keep one upping things. Like mm-hmm. Sam will be like, "How's this?" And he'll go, "Oh, well, it's like this." And he goes. Well, how's your other thing? Oh, well, it's like this. And you see everybody in the elevator. Well, they're just creeped out and try to like move away from them, which and, you really can't. And most importantly, this is the only time we see Sam ever act like this in this entire movie. It's the only time we ever see their relationship have this goofiness. I think, yeah, you you see the juvenile with of yeah. him with his friend, but when he's with Molly, it's I've got to... I'm a man. Mm-hmm. And it's a shortcut for this film for a minute long scene to be like they're really good friends yeah here you go you just see almost that it's more like a boyish maybe childhood they might have they've been known boy each... friends yeah boyfriends sorry boyhood friends <laughs> they, they grew up just <laughs> they may have been boyfriends uh just they just seem like there was this thing that they were trying to show you that they they have this you know different deeper sort of connection it's not sure. just about sam and molly there's a reason why he's still around and kind of the third wheel uh i think it's funny that during all this scene he keeps talking about how he's got to meet this like group of asian inv- businessmen this is definitely a time where if you got a meeting it's with asian businessmen asian business you got to take them to the golf course or to a place where they can sit under a glass coffee table and have a woman shit on the table Yeesh. This is that kind of time. So we did briefly already talk about this, but it happens pretty early where there is a situation where Carl has to transfer a, like $900,000. I like, thought it was nine something million dollars. 
I don't remember. I thought it was. It's a big, big chunk of fucking money. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I thought it's it was life-changing money for us, regardless. Which also also lets you see. Well, Sam's telling Carl to do it, so yeah, he's got to go to that business meeting with the Asian businessmen because they're there too early. And I love that scene when he's walking by and he could tell, like, the Asian businessmen would be seeing him, and he kind of gives that everything's all right smile. And then as soon as he's out of view, he's up to Carl like. Dude, you gotta do this. Yeah, so he gives him his code. He says he says discretion. Like he he asks him. He he just says discretion. Just kind of like I can trust you. And Carl's oh. like, yeah, yeah. Because I have a feeling this code you're not supposed to be given to anybody. It's N- your code. No, because Sam has like big fucking accounts, like clients with like forty million dollars and shit. And that's probably what it is. I bet all the big giant money goes to Sam, and then everyone else is like, oh, we're transferring five thousand dollars, six thousand. He definitely seemed like more of a senior yeah. person in whatever this financial institute is. And this is the point that I already knew. I already had flags in my head. Like Carl this is where the beginning of the the fuckery is. Wherever the so this is what I'm curious. So people, I don't know how many people are listening to this who, that have never seen the movie, um, but we are probably going to be a little bit all over the place while we go through the movie. But um, <clears throat> we do find out. I mean, later that there's a chunk of money missing. And do you think that Carl already had the plan or do you think getting that code from Sam and just having that potential power made him think I could make shit happen for me? Like, do you, do you think he already had bad dealings with someone and needed money and saw this as a way? Cause it didn't seem like this was a plan that he had. It was just like a coincidence, like a situation that just kind of fell into his lap. I get the feeling that, Carl was already in some bad money situations, had already borrowed some stuff and was already looking for a way out. And then Sam gave him the number and then he went, oh, fuck, I now have. But then again, later, we the guy has given him crazy instructions like he knows the business. He's like, it goes to this account. You all this, like blah, blah, blah. you you don't see him actually like react like he doesn't get like big eyes or anything it just seems like they're just working when he gives them that number Uh, you know what i don't know (laughs) like for me it felt like it wasn't a a made decision yet until he actually like which you don't see it on camera no not at all but that he goes and he looks in the account and sees what is actually available and is like this could change my life and then it just kind of like makes him do bad things but he's also reporting to someone else Later, when he's on the phone, they're like, here's how you're doing this. And they give him, like, the name to type in into the computer and stuff. That all happened like, in that short amount of time? Yeah, and who know. does he need to contact? It sounds like someone in the business already was trying to steal money and was teaming up with Carl. And then Carl accidentally, just by the grace of ghost God, <laughs> got this fucking code and went, Dude, we can pin it all on this guy, and then we can, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It's probably a debate that many ghost fans have. I'm sure. I wonder what was in the script. There's probably extra stuff in the script. Script where you found like a the who the is, main yeah. guy was and stuff like that. I don't know. Old 
Tommy Two Tones is making Carl steal some money. It just seems weird that Sam is the nice guy, the trusting guy, that he's the one that you would take advantage of because it doesn't seem like anyone has anything against him. He's not like a bad guy. Well, I'm gonna spoil I'm gonna say this. I think Carl is already in love with Molly. Oh yeah, for so, sure. I think he's been in love with Molly the whole time. So to him, no matter how nice Sam is gonna be to him, he has what he, he has wants. his girl in his mind. And his life. He wants those accounts. He wants everything. He wants Sam's that got. huge apartment. He wants that Swayze fucking looks too, man. That those dancer beautiful body. Beautiful locks, the beautiful bod. He's got that dancer body. He was raised by a dancer. His mom was a dancer. I watched the whole <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I watched the Patrick Swayze documentary that came out. It was actually very good. Uh Swayze man. Uh he he was a raging alcoholic and a workaholic. But he wasn't mean to people that's and it, he didn't let it get in the way. He didn't like drink while he worked but it was when the night is over he got fucking hammered, hammered. yeah so i understand that <laughs> <clears throat> so uh speaking of dancer body like mm-hmm. all the bank stuff happened we we're, we've set up that he's got the code so now stuff's gonna get weird we get onto some things like uh what i'm gonna call death red herrings because the next scene... I think... Aren't we immediately to the, the sexy scene? No. The next scene is... Uh, they're moving that angel. Oh, the yeah. The movers are pulling up that angel on a big rope. Just Th- like in New York style, you've seen like when they're pulling up pianos and stuff, and they got to pull it through the window. Through the outside it's and bring big, it in. Like, was it... Huge ceramic angel. Yeah. It is like... It looks like it's like eight feet tall. So now these are what I'm saying. This is a death red herring. You know what I mean by this? This this meant so much more. This part meant so much more to you than it did to me. So that's why. Because you talked about it during it. And I was just kind of like, okay. Well, there's times in this movie, and I'm going to say it later when they're talking to, like, he'll say, or like, it felt kind of dangerous. They're trying to get this angel in. And And people are struggling to grab it. Yeah, they're trying to grab it. And then Swayze, like, spooks uh, Molly. That he's going to, like, knock her over. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. And then he does, like, some acrobat trick and kicks it and stuff. He jumps up. Yeah, kicks he runs it. and jumps and up, kicks it, and it comes right grabs back. Grabs it and then as they it grab comes it. back in. Now, this is supposed to be dangerous. And what I'm calling death red herrings. They're supposed to make you, like, you know Patrick Swayze is going to die. You know he's ghost. Yeah, that's the part of the movie that everyone knows. You just don't know how or why. Yeah, so if you're seeing it for the first time, you're like, oh, is this an accident? Is he going to die from the angel? Oh, oh it didn't happen. And then later, they're watching TV, and they see a plane crash, and he's like, oh, no, I have to leave on a business meeting. They always come in threes, and then you go, oh, man, is it going to be a plane crash that gets him? It's funny, because you actually were like that when you were watching it. You were speaking out loud, just <laughs> yeah. like, oh, is this, is this when he finds out this? Or is yeah. this one? I th- well, it's a spoiler alert, too. I listened to a podcast about this very movie already, so I kind of knew what was coming. And it took that po- you listening to that podcast, I think, to make you a little softer to actually softer. watching it. And regardless, if you would have said it, I have to adhere to the rule of the podcast. I'm watching it anyway. Yeah, I just don't think it would have been as easy. I saw that as my way in. It's true. So I kind of knew what was coming, but I also watched it as if it's my first true time, which it was my first time, but like as a moviegoer. Oh, is this going to be it? Oh, no. He's fine. Oh, plane crash. Is it going to be it? No, it's fine. That's why I wanted to bring up the angel. Yeah. Not solely because movers would have a stick or a wand or something to grab the rope and pull the thing in. They wouldn't just be leaning out and going, oh, I can't reach it. Whoa, my mustache is too big. Blow. Which it did make sense what he did. Oh, yeah. 
but it worked. also just seeing him do that you can tell like he's not afraid to do a little more physical things because he is a very active moving person he is he's got that sexy dancer body as we talked about <laughs> I've said I've said dancer body. I'm adding sexy. Very very trim man for being an alcoholic, which I'm sure led to his pancreatic cancer. Which, by the way, yeah, the next scene is the scene. It is the scene because they really want to also push the relationship of Molly and Sam and they make sure that you know that it is hot for real, full of. Passion and fire. So I read a little bit about this. Um, Tell me. So it is, yeah, Molly does, she's working on something late. She can't sleep. She's doing her ceramic stuff. It's like three in the morning and he comes down. He's been sleeping. And I read that, okay, so she, Demi Moore, didn't want to seem stupid. So she actually took pottery lessons. Good. So that was something real that she was like doing for the movie. That wasn't something that was just put in place for her. She actually did that. And the whole like him wrecking it was not planned. That was kind of an improv moment <laughs> when it got ruined. <laughs> that part pissed me off. How <laughs> he ruined her work? It wasn't on purpose, but they just went with it. And then he was actually really nervous and like was just like, I hate this. Like, I don't want to do this part. Really? And he he practiced with his wife before and he like told to me he was like super nervous and like didn't want to. Yeah, like he didn't want to do that part, I guess. But he would, he didn't like fight it. It's just not something he was looking forward to at all, and he thought it was going to be really awkward. So you aren't the only person who didn't really I want mean, to I'm, that. I'm going to bet that there is a large section of kids that saw that and were like, Ugh, like the creamy noises of the clay rubbing in. And I agree. Ugh. I've never been like turned on by that because it just looks muddy and dirty and gross, and like it, squishing mud between your fingers is not anything but just blah to me and every time i've ever taken like a ceramics class in school i washed my hands constantly i did not like the feel of the clay on my hands i liked the results of the clay but i hated the feel of it yeah and it just sucks the moisture out of your hands anyway Absolutely. so your hands get so dry and then you go and wash your hands repeatedly you get it off and you're just fucking making it worse and worse and worse so Oof. i would say it is easily the most recognizable scene in the movie for sure um i would also consider it to be the worst scene in the movie for because sure. i don't think that the movie is bad i don't think that the movie is representative of this part of the movie because i think that there is not very much romance in this movie at all. It's mostly just that part of the movie, really. Other, I mean, I, there's like one other part, but... Well, and right after that part where they're all cleaned up all of a sudden and they're actually like getting intimate. Oh, yeah. They could have cut to that much earlier. It's a much more intimate scene. Mm-hmm. And they could have cut some of the clay stuff out and they could have cut that some of that scene out too. And you would have fucking understood. Yeah, Not, but that was for the ladies, I think. The, I think it's for the men, too. You get some nice Demi more butt-squeezing shots as well. No, you do, actually. <laughs> and she's rubbing on his chest. There's really there's parts where they're just kind of like rubbing their noses on their, like each other's cheek and stuff, and they're just like, bah. Yeah, it's intimate in a way that isn't intimate these days in movies. Like, it, was, it wasn't <laughs> foreplay, because I think intimate no. in movies now, it would be simulated foreplay and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it'd be like a finger-bang scene. 
yeah and there it was nothing like that it was literally just them caressing each other and embracing and kissing and just having a moment and just you know touching some pecs yeah, squeezing rubbing some them, buns rubbing them swayze abs can i read my exact note on that whole scene why would i ever say no okay worst scene of the whole movie mm-hmm. clay is gross the song sucks sam ruins her work and it's charming the creamy clay sounds are not fun. She makes a flashlight at the. She makes a flashlight at the end. I don't buy the chemistry. At one point, they just rub heads on each other. My exact notes on that whole scene. Yeah, it's definitely something that we can stop talking about. Boom. If you would like to. Oh, we'll except that I do have to talk oh, about please. something that's pretty interesting. <laughs> So we have the classic Unchained Melody, which happens again in the movie as well. Is that what that song's called? Unchained Melody. That I was singing? Yeah, it's the Righteous Brothers. This song was popular. It came out in 1965. I was not aware that they actually re-recorded it for this movie, for the soundtrack. And then they uh, were nominated for awards and stuff. Looks like they may have won some, but they were even nominated for a Grammy. Wow. For the movie, because they had to re-recorded it and not just huh. put an old song on it. So I don't. That song annoys the shit out of me. I can't say it's a bad song. It's just never been a song that I enjoy. It's just cheese. I can't unrelate it to that movie scene. So for excuse me, wow, that just <laughs> shot out. I didn't even know it was coming. Uh, for me, it's just linked so much. I can't even put myself outside of it to say if it's a, a song that would annoy me. If I didn't relate it to this scene, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, though, that it's still not my style. You did say something about Patrick Swayze being charming, right? And that whole thing that you just read, because I did put Patrick oh. Swayze, Swayze definitely had a charm about him. No, I wrote Sam ruins her work and it's supposed to be charming. Ah. <laughs> uh, that wasn't that was just comes, something that happened. He comes up and he's like, hey, 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 I ruined your clay that you've been working on. And she's like, oh, you put your penis in me. My reaction was, hey, you dick. It's fucking three in the morning. I've been working on this clay pot, you asshole. Get out of here. It wasn't important. She just couldn't sleep and was trying to find something to do. Well, that part wasn't apparent to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Um, see, after that. It's, I, I, they're back in the office. Yeah, we find out that there's been some fuckery. There's been some money missing, and Sam is not able to make things balance. The books aren't balancing, and he's and, freaking out a little bit. And I love the computers in this movie. The old classic black screen, green font. The tiny little screen. Oh, One thing that, uh, that I wrote, I actually made a note of this because I do work with a, you know, computer from home and he types with a pencil. I never type with a pencil. I think I've only seen people do that in movies and TV shows. I've never actually seen a person in any office yeah. I've ever worked in where someone acts like typing with a pencil is faster is like yeah seems like that cuts productivity yeah. down by one sixth of time at it's, least it's ridiculous so yeah my note is i never type with a pencil i've always seen it with like <laughs> i never type with a pencil <laughs> i've always seen it with like secretaries that are up to the front and they're doing like just a calculator and they're like ah that's uh 1495 <laughs> Was that have, have did that have to do with like an Asian meeting? That happened? <laughs> no. Whoa. 
I just blew out the microphone. Excuse me. Yeah, you sure did. Um, Sorry. When I put everyone hates, hates critics. There's a conversation talking about critics, and I don't remember when that was exactly. Was it just in a pass, passing by conversation? I don't remember, but I mean, yes, everyone does hate us. Which I did say everyone hates critics, yet we are all critics. Oh, we're all critiquing all the time. Every single one of us critique and build the world around ourselves. It's just that we have the balls to put the label on ourselves. Hey, I got the balls to make a complaint about someone who I work with and they no longer work with me. It's true. (laughs) Now Michelle's coming for the rest of the world. No, I'm not. (laughs) Just just speak up for yourself when things aren't right. That's all I can say. It's true. I like that sentiment. If you're not being treated right, fucking speak up. Especially when it's like the whole team and everyone's just too kind of afraid to say something. All I did was had the balls to say something. That's all it was. Loved it. Yeah, thanks. I loved it too. (laughs) It's it's weird though, because that day I was like, man, I don't think anything's happening. And then, hey, guess what? We're firing your boss. Most, uh, the funniest <laughs> yeah. thing is that day you were supposed to have a meeting with said boss at 1030, I believe. And then was informed at 1015 that my boss had been let go. <laughs> I couldn't have been saved more. Oh, my God. You missed it by the skin of your teeth. And it, yeah, it wasn't anything petty. He just wasn't good at his job. And he you didn't want him fired. You just wanted him to do a better job. No, it was never that intention. It's just, I'm I gonna, need some corrective action. I'm going to say they figured out that he was a fucking asshole. <laughs> I think he's, what he did spoke for himself. I don't think it had anything to do with me. Get out of here. That's what I say. All I did was opened up eyes and turn them in his direction. Yeah. That's all that it was. Get out of here, guy. <laughs> I almost said his name. <laughs> you can't do that, but that's fine. <laughs> So, yeah, just speak up for yourself. Uh, even though everyone hates critics, we're all here to just, you know, I don't think being a critic is a bad thing. Like I said, you're just kind of building up your world. You're figuring out what you want in your life and what you don't. And you're allowed to have opinions about things along the way. And I think there's a way of being not a piece of shit critic and being a piece of shit critic. If you're a critic who's just always like, Blah, blah, that sucks because you fucking suck and you fucking suck. But if you actually are like, well, you know, I have some points here. Blah, 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 blah. Well, we also say that we're not like in the business. We're not in the business. We're not educated on this. But we also have like, we do and have done like musical things. And like, I'm in a fucking book. Like we've done things. I'm in a fucking book. Like in the world. It's just, I don't think that we're necessarily anything special. But I've I think released that, music. But I think we're all critics, and I think that that's okay. I don't think it's such a bad thing, but everybody hates critics in movies and music, TV and more. <sighs> I heard everybody hates Chris. Uh-huh. So there's, it looks like it's a date night, I guess, and for some reason... Oh, yeah, they're going to see a show because, remember Patrick Swayze says, I think she likes seeing the guys in the tights. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to see some sort of play or but, opera or something. I don't but know they're clearly on. in, like, a rougher side of town. But one thing that you kind of get is that Molly is so unconventional. She has her short hair. She's got like a leather jacket on or something. I don't know, but she looks tough. And she's she's the one who brings up marriage to him. And he's like, I don't know. She's like, let's get married. I took it as uh, he's wanted to talk about it before and she never did. I just took it as her being unconventional so, and well, different. Yeah, unconventional and different. I agree. But the way I got it, because he's like, you never wanted to talk about this. So it seemed like he was sh- shocked and was like wanting to do it, and she never 
She was probably like, I don't believe in marriage. It's a it's a contract between the government. My guess is that he was just in love and had doe eyes and he was like, we should just get married. And she was like, I think we need to think about things a little more. And I think after seeing like, okay, we can live together. We can do this. I think she was literally just like, okay, everything's fitting into place. I think we should get married. I think it's time. And then the next thing is a baby. When actually the next thing is when uh, Willie Lopez, also known as, oh, I fucking forgot his name. The guy's real name? Yeah. So we're talking about the scene where Molly and Sam are going down the Batman alley to get Batman pretty much. Batman, Batman's parents. Batman parents, pretty much. What are those parents' names? Uh, I think their names were Batman's mom and Batman's dad. I don't think that's true. Pretty sure that was it. All right. So, anyway, Jerry Wayne, Willie Lopez, Cheryl Wayne. God damn it! Do you need to know now? What? Marsha. It's Marsha. What are you doing? What the are you name saying? of Batman's parents? Okay. Martha? Martha. Martha Wayne. It is. One of them is Martha. And the other one's... I literally thought you were barking at me. Martha! 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 And I was like, what? Marsha. Martha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Okay. So, what happens? The guy who plays Willie Lopez is Rick Aviles. Uh, He's the El Murderer in the movie. Uh, apparently, he's a stand-up comedian. Oh, really? And huh. he had done a handful of things in his life. Uh, Waterworld came out right after he died in 1995 oh, from he... complications of AIDS. Oh, but, no. But they didn't tell anyone that until like 2006. So they just said that he had heart complications when he had actually passed away. And then later, I think once uh, people became more accepting, accepting of... then they announced that it was actually huh. complications from AIDS. I had no idea. Stand-up comedian, huh? Yeah, and and an actor in Waterworld, which, of course, he would have been one of those, like, island people. He was an island boy. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. <laughs> Willie was an island boy. God, I fucking hate that that's always in my head. It's always in my head. It drives me crazy. Uh, yeah, so we're on the mugging and death scene. This death scene was... Uh, what do you what do you think about it? I I liked the afterwards part. It's it's very quick. There's a quick scuffle, and it it just seems kind of like a basic robbing situation, um, and all of the sudden you hear gunshots and Willie's running away and you see Sam running away after him. Yeah, I like this scene when he's a uh, you hear the bang of the gun, Willie's taken off and Sam is chasing him. And then, like, which is interesting because everyone else at least took a couple seconds before their ghost left out of the, leapt out of their body. Him, his was like instantaneous. I, I like that because now it's doing. It kind of gives him you the sense of the mind fuck that's getting ready to go on to him. Nothing has happened yet, and then he turns around and he sees himself bleeding on yeah. the ground with uh, Molly, Molly and holding him and stuff, dying in his hands. And then they do this whole fucking like. Uh, weird art thing where he like sees the light and then he gets sucked into the bed and he's next to that ceramic angel all of a sudden and he's just like Aah! and then he gets sucked back or and then molly's in the bed and just stares at him for a second 
and then he gets sucked back down into the street. It was like some crazy art piece just thrown into it in the middle of nowhere. It was very interesting. I think it was supposed to give you the sense that like his life was flashing before his eyes. And what I think is interesting is that, yeah, there was a celestial light coming down from the heavens and he was given that choice, which, you know, could have gone. Are you going to go to heaven now? or Are you going to stay on earth and finish your business? And it took like a second. As soon as he like stepped away from it, it disappeared. It was like, okay, like it wasn't oh, yeah. something that you could like step away from and then change your mind and go back no. to. As soon as you made up your mind, it was gone, which yeah. I thought was interesting. And it and it his decision almost seems out of confusion and not out of like there's something that has to be done. He just seems like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna walk over here. Oh, light! The light is gone now. I guess I don't know. Well, and this is the start of something that you brought up earlier, which is the um very just overreacting especially when you know peaceways sees himself dead for the first time i want to criticize him for overreacting because it is funny and it seems goofy but oh, his for, faces that he makes but for real if you died for real if you died and uh popped out of your body and looked at yourself you don't think you might overreact a little bit too <laughs> I, I would my reaction would be even more than just weird faces it would be what the fuck is going on man i think so it would be over the top overreacting i think from anyone because it would be confusion it'd be like how is this even real like you you don't even know what to believe and uh, yeah you're watching yourself bleed out most of us don't have actual out-of-body experiences. <laughs> no. So, which he's actually not dead because they do go to the hospital and they're trying to save him, right? Oh, I took it as he's dead. But then why was he at the hospital? Because he just got to go and get pronounced dead. You think that's what it was? I'm assuming. I mean, the ghost is already out of the body. Later when he's in the hospital and he's watching that other guy oh, die. that's true. It doesn't come out until he's actually dead. Okay, so we do get to that part, which, uh, let's see, oh yeah, (laughs) I did say, uh, my note was, Sam chose to stay and God wasted no time taking back his offer. What a God giver, (laughs) always giving and taking away. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, so Phil leads, he's in the hospital, he realizes he's dead, he's confused, and there's this old man who is Phil Leeds, he's an old actor, if you looked him up, if you've seen anything in, like in the 90s, you would recognize this actor. It's definitely a character actor I have seen. Who as had, soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, that guy that I don't know the name of. What was his name again? Phil Leeds. Phil Leeds. And he had some sweet old hangers. I don't know if you looked at those like I did both times. <laughs> You're talking about his old man titties? Oh, he had some hanging tits. Good for him. Because he had that nice button-up shirt and then like an open sweater, which is a great old man look if you, if you want to know. Well, I'm looking forward to my days as an old sweater wearing titty hanging man yeah it's good stuff um (laughs) but i i liked him quite a lot and uh he just seems to kind of be someone that provides information to sam just to kind of like make him not be so freaked out and just be like yeah it's not a big deal like you'll get used to it like whatever he seems like a guy in jail when you go to jail that's like hey how you doing this is how things go Right over there is the toilet. Don't use that toilet. Over there is the sink that we use for ramen noodles. And don't use shower three. It doesn't work. And he was there waiting for his wife to die. So I wonder if that was his unfinished business. I would say so. He's probably going to go into the light with her next. Mm-hmm. 
unless th- th- that's even available to him. An option, unless he had other unfinished business. Because I don't get the feeling like he was hanging out at the hospital all the time, and he's just no. like the harbinger of information. Like when anybody dies, he's just he's definitely there for the wife. But he did walk up to Sam's dead body <laughs> and just like kind of stick his face in it. And he's like, oh, a gunshot wound, <laughs> whatever. Hey, like gunshot, do it to you every time. It's <laughs> oh ridiculous. Yeah, um, and I like when they watch that uh, the guy die, and they're given what I say right here. I love learning ghost rules. You he, did seem pretty excited. Because as he even talks happen. about how he's given to Sam the skinny on some other things too. Like he, you visually showed him you can put your fucking. When do you say giving him the skinny? Uh, just now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. Uh, he's. I like this. Sam sees him put the face through the sheet to see his dead body, right? And then, like, he's just kind of giving him the rules. And he says, yeah, you'll learn. You know, doors are a little tough. So I guess doors in the ghost world are, when they're closed, you can get through them. But they kind of fuck with you a little bit, which you find out even more later. I don't know if you heard him lay that little tip down. Yeah, yeah. I also just wonder if he means and then emotional doors as well. Oh, no, he means physical <laughs> doors because later you see how much it fucks with Patrick Swayze when he tries to go through a door. Mm-hmm. But... Well, and then more ghost rules watching the dude that's in the he's getting surgery, but then he dies. Oh, yeah. And he goes up into the light. So now you've learned. You actually you see it happen it up to someone. Swayze, yeah, you knew that was the case when Swayze died. But now you've actually seen someone just accept it and immediately go up into the light. And yeah, someone who wasn't in distress in a situation where they were like planning their life. Like this person went into surgery, probably no, and it looked like it was like open heart surgery or something. So it's like oh, they. I thought they were in ER. I think. It's, oh, is that what it was? I don't think he planned it. I think he just doesn't have anything. He's to just fight not Patrick for. Swayze and doesn't want to run back. Or an old man waiting for his wife to die. And then that old man says something like, "Ah, oh, it's better than the other guys." Mm-hmm. Which he's already. If you picked up on that, you're going, "Oh wait, the other guys." Who are the other guys? Yeah. So, but it's interesting Ooh. that he would know that he would have like seen other people die and it not them not be accepted into heaven. I'm assuming as a ghost, I don't know. Maybe you like to go hang out where people die all the time. Maybe he does hang out in the hospital all the time. Maybe he's just been waiting for his wife. Maybe not. Maybe or maybe they chase you every once in a while because they're bored. Maybe he started the hospital and his unfinished business was making sure the hospital thrived. <laughs> maybe he died five minutes earlier. And already learned the rules. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just interesting that some people, like the guy having the surgery, didn't seem to have any time to make a decision. It's just as soon as the light came down, his body just went right up into heaven. Yeah. Just like sat up and just went straight there. Mm-hmm. I like when the old man, by the way, goes, hey, it's like, it's not the same anymore. It's a whole new ball of wax. <laughs> that's a new phrase I'm going to start using. That's, an, that's like an old-timey thing Fuck to yeah, say. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, he gives him some, like you said, the skinny, the lowdown. The lowdown. And uh, he just kind of disappears. And Sam's just like, what the fuck? What's happening? And then this uh, this doctor, the nurse, starts to move his body and goes through Sam. And it's the first time he's ever experienced. So I made this note. Do you think it's weirder when an Asian man walks through you? Why? I don't know. He seemed horrified when was, it was happening. He was horrified because he went through the man's brain and saw all of his blood vessels and muscle. But he seemed extra scared. I think that's just your brain putting that on there. 
No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just I'm just fucking kidding. No, I just it, it was weird that he to me, I thought that part was weird because it's almost like you think if you're a ghost, you're going to be able to go through things like that's Casper's been around for a long time, man. I think you're I think in this moment you're in shock and you're just still and you've never seen someone's inner brains. You're seeing gore right. Here. I thought you're supposed to be seeing just like what looked like an inside of a body. It wasn't necessarily the doctor or nurse's body that was walking through him, that it was more like him. No. As his eye makes its way through this man's skull, he is seeing every little bit in front of his eye. He's seeing brain matter as he walks through it and goes, ah! So like later when he walks through a wall, he's seeing like fiber and shit as he goes through. Hmm. Yeah. Well, his his dead body went through him first before the yeah, the Asian nurse man just without any. He looked like just when he was walking, like another day oh, on yeah. the job. Just another day for that. Fucking so he cat. just had like this like stone cold face, and Patrick Swayze just looks like horrified that this man is getting ready to walk through him. Uh, and it just that it's kind of the final acceptance that. You know, he's I'm already walked. Dead. He watched Molly walk out. He's already she's being consoled by the police and stuff. And now he's seen the sheet put over him, and it's the final. There goes my body. This is the last time I'm going to see my body. Now, as a ghost, if I didn't have unfinished business, I would be following that body, and we're going to watch that baby burn or be. Well, he does go well, to the does, cemetery because he right. he attends his funeral. That's right. Because I wrote, "Don't need cemetery scene." Well, one thing I thought was interesting is that when he saw that ghost lady in that dress who walked in, she waved, smiled, and walked into her headstone, that looked like the classic double exposure picture that you would have seen from back in the day when you forgot to take your film out and rewound it and then just started taking pictures like it was a new thing of film. But you, of course, went to the cemetery at some point because someone had a funeral and you took a bunch of pictures. And then it's like people partying and walking around looking like ghosts in the cemetery. My dad has some of those. Yeah, and that's exactly what they're doing. That's what it looked like. (laughs) Like the way that she was dressed and everything, it just looked dead on of one of those. So you think that was her headstone? Uh, I, I kind of thought maybe it was. I just didn't know. It seemed like she just went out for a walk and then was going home. Yeah. Well, she walked through it. She didn't go into it. She walked all the way through it. Oh, she did just yeah, walk through she it? she walks through it. So she seemed just to like walking through things. Yeah. And then, so in that case, she's now seeing cement as she walks through it. Maybe she's looking for that Asian guy to walk through her. No. Because <laughs> maybe she loves when Asian people walk through her. Maybe she does. Or maybe she doesn't care what race is walking through her. Uh, I think she has a preference, and I think she loves an Asian man. I got to say, once again, I've already said it once. Why not? We do not need this cemetery scene. We already understand he's dead. We already understand ghosts can walk through stuff. There's no need for the cemetery scene. It's him. It's him also grieving himself and his life, I think, and seeing, because a lot of people don't know who would be there at their funeral when they died, but people have said whatever so it's also i think just going to see who shows up and to see how people are actually reacting i mean i guess you would as a ghost i still just don't see any point for it in the movie what i don't see a point of in this movie is why he has to walk so goddamn much if he's a ghost (laughs) why doesn't he just like levitate and float oh man ghosts never float this you're right Mm -hmm. huh i guess it's not full casper rules is it no it's 100 percent human rules still (laughs) (laughs) except for like okay 
uh, you know, you can like walk through walls and stuff. Mm-hmm. Why are they like falling through floors and shit all the time? <laughs> Nothing makes sense. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's a movie. Forgot. That's right. That's the most annoying uh, explanation of any movie question to me. I'm n- I've never been a fan of. Oh, but it's you a movie. Just have to accept it, or sometimes it's the only answer. <laughs> yeah, but that it just. I don't know why. Sometimes I don't like having to suspend my disbelief that much and just be like, yeah, but it's a movie when it's like, but if you want me to believe the reality and the emotion and the connections and stuff, then why would you act like this thing? I don't know. It's weird. It's just weird. It's just weird, man. It's just weird. It takes me out of it a little bit. Um, But I do want to talk about the kitty. Oh, yeah, because now Sam has been like hanging out. In the apartment still, so I moping never, around. Yeah, I never actually noticed the cat until he was dead because there was a scene when they were in bed at night and the cat was on the bed by Patrick Swayze's feet, but it was never, like, ever mentioned. Um, but, yeah, then you see that there's a cat that has apparently been there the whole time, but it's Molly a has cat. a cat. It's a beautiful cat, and as people have often said babies which there aren't any in this movie and animals are typically more sensitive to i almost said the extraterrestrial (laughs) 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 to uh you know like the spiritual realm and things like that is what people say so he apparently the cat is able to see him um do you think the cat didn't really like him as much though as a person or it just knows that he's not alive anymore like what would be if it if it was friendly to him in the alive world and would lay by his feet on the bed. Why would it get mad when Patrick Swayze's ghost made eye contact with it? I'm going to say it has a feeling that it knows it's not re- like he's dead, but I, I don't know why he wouldn't it. like it and like him anymore. Or maybe it's a, one of those cat relationships where the cat is allowed to hang out by his feet. But if he touches it because it's really Molly's cat, it's like motherfucker. Yeah. Or maybe that too. You know, there's some cats. It's like, you don't touch me. I hang out on you, but if you touch me, I'm going to fucking hit you. Yeah. I think it's one of those kind of cats. It's a pretty fucking cat, though. Mm-hmm. I think most cats are pretty, so... If not all cats are pretty. All a- A-C-A-P. All cats are pretty. <laughs> what does that actually stand for? <laughs> well, I'm uh, parroting the all cat all cops are bastards. Oh, that's what A-CAP is. But now I'm pretty sure I have to make a shirt that says A-CAP. All cats are pretty. All cats are pretty. Or a cab. All cats are bitching. Or beautiful. All cats are beautiful. Mm -hmm. Then I can take out that a cab movement at the knees. Right at the knees. Who pardon me? So this is when uh, Sam, he's moping around in the fucking apartment. He is. She's like saying she's kind of talking to him molly has a sense that he is there now i have a feeling anyone grieving for a little bit especially if you're already spiritual if you already believe in god you probably are gonna sit there talk she doesn't say a lot though because she i mean she says a little bit but it's also just kind of her processing her grief and thinking out loud i don't think she actually senses him she's just grieving really bad but when he makes eye contact with a cat who acts weird screeches and runs off and she it's just like, are you here, Sam? So it almost seems like they didn't, maybe they didn't have a great relationship. Are you here, Sam? The, the only time I ever see the cat react like that is when you get in its face. But then she immediately, like it wasn't a long period of time where she was like, Sam, is that you? 
and it, it wasn't just like oh it was just like no like that's yeah, ridiculous she's got a sensible head on her fucking shoulders man she likes cats art and dead people and reasonable she has a reasonable doubt which yeah the you jay-z would. album sure and with that in mind she does get emotional she's grieving but she does go through his things and uh old carl is hanging out with yeah, her. Carl's fucking making his way into her life still. Mm-hmm. Even though it was Sam's friend, he's making his way in because obviously he wants to get into that Molly Polly. Well, and they do have the same connection, so she's probably not feeling as annoyed because no. any living connection. Like, connection to him, oh, you is, do, Sam, there's a sense friend. of comfort. What would he say when I was gone? That it's also going through things she has a um a Reebok shoebox <laughs> of stuff that reminds her of him. And I always think that the and I brought it up to you, there's such a weird inflection when she decides to save these roll aids that remind her of Sam. And the way he's he's like, Roll aids? Like when I would when I, I think when I have the inflection personally for the word roll aids, it's roll aids. Yeah, I definitely say roll aids. Aids falls to the side. Roll <laughs> is where the inflection is. Roll aids. But roll aids? Roll aids. Roll aids, Molly? Roll aids, Molly? Roll aids, Molly? Yeah, it's just interesting. And then that guy that plays Willie pops out of the corner and he goes, No, I swear, I don't have it. Everybody's like, what are you talking about? And he goes, Never Nothing. mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. Um, one thing that I noticed, I, I feel like you may have, um, but we, well, I don't want to go too far into this, but it really seems like uh, Demi Moore's character, Molly, hates bras. It seems like she, <laughs> she has some real... Um, jiggly titties <laughs> that look like they're not being held into place as, and, as the man in this relationship i honestly did not notice well it, and it, there is a, a later ch- scene where she's changing and she has a bra on but i but you know she didn't have a bra on for the rest of it i just guess because she's got some real hanger outers bo- i mean there's a difference in what your boobs look like when like especially when you're running and they just they look like they move a lot. I bet the fucking. Not I bet everyone was like, "We like it when you don't wear the bra, Demi. Keep <sighs> not wearing the bra," and she'd be like, "Okay." But for this one scene, we're gonna have to put it on just so we can get away with it. But for the rest of it, no bra. So <sighs> let's see here. We definitely haven't gotten there yet, but we are still to. Um... Well, they did the scene where they're doing the 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 the, 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 the Reebok shoebox, and then he tells her, like, you got to get out, Molly. You got to get out. And then he gets her to leave for a minute. Mm-hmm. And you can... Carl s- does. Carl gets her to leave, which... Which he does say, you're not the one who died, and she slaps Carl, yeah. and then immediately apologizes. Maybe that's when I first thought that she wasn't wearing a bra, because of how much her boobies moved when she slapped them. In that shot, it is... It's from a Carl point of view, so it's kind of looking down. Mm-hmm. That one shot is, and, and on his, it's looking up. And then they got the side shot when he slaps her. So that probably is where you would get a good a titty shot. Titty jiggle. Uh, but it, it seems like this is definitely the first moment where uh, Sam, who is obviously watching and hanging out with Molly, 
picks up on there being something weird about how Carl is reacting to this. Not saying that he's necessarily even in on anything, but he just seems to notice a little like weirdness. Um, I did put that the movie score is weak, yo. Uh, I, th- I don't remember why. I feel like it's because he's just, I don't remember why, but he goes to the subway and when you just kind of get like that, whatever, like weird, like well, here's why. Dun, 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 sounds like in the background, the music. Thanks for telling me you have a better memory than well, I that do. That guy's been the sound guy, the dude that composed this. He's been doing, he was doing sound composing since like the sixties, maybe even late fifties. So he's got a very classic sense of composing that's why it might have like a dated sound to it okay but they get to the subway because they leave after molly slaps them they leave and then fucking bad willy guy shows up that's at her apartment right. looking for something we don't know what he's fucking looking for he's going around and then patrick swayze's like you motherfucker you get out of here and he's trying to ghost punch him but of course mm-hmm. he's a ghost so he doesn't feel anything and of course willie doesn't hear anything he doesn't know patrick swayze's there and then Molly comes back home. Willie's got to hide out. And Willie gets a shot change. of Demi taking off her clothes, which is where we get the bra confirmation. And then uh, because this has previously happened, he knows to kind of bring attention to Molly that someone's in the house because he is a ghost and can't do anything. He puts his face back in the cat's face and the cat freaks out and ends up scratching Willie. Yeah. I mean, and then he gets in that cat's face and yells this time. Like the first time he just kind of was like near the cat and was like, Ugh. this time he gets in the cat's face and literally goes, <laughs> scratches Willie in a very comedic way. The cat just jumps up out of nowhere. By the way, never known a cat to get scared and jump up in the air and just go, hiya, and, and, scratch then, anything. and then run off. <laughs> yeah. But it scratches Willie. Willie takes off. He runs out of the house. She can definitely hear that something's going on. Yeah. But and this is when we see the first door action. So that's right. He follows. He's like trying to put his hand through the door and it feels weird. And he starts going gray. And then he realizes you just got to fucking run through it. And that's how he gets to the subway because he's chasing down Willie. That's Willie. Right. He needs to figure out who this fucking guy is because he thought it was just a, a fluke. I just yeah. got killed by a fucking guy. He still doesn't know what his mission even is on Earth. Yeah. He's just like, why are you here? Yeah. Is what he was saying. I gotta to find him. out who Willie is. That's right. And then he follows him onto the uh, or into the subway, where he meets the wonderful Vincent Schiavelli. Well, he's not wonderful. He's like, "Why are you on my train? Yeah, get off my train!" And pushes him. We find out that Vincent is, or this ghost is very protective of his uh, his train car. territory. Which I'm gonna, I get the feeling ghosts probably are in general in this world. This is my area. This is my home, which is what classic ghost is anyway. Mm-hmm. And then we get to see that he he throws him out of the train car, like sliding him across the floor, and then breaks the glass. And tells him to stay out. Physically breaks the glass. Physically, in the physical world, this ghost breaks some glass, baby. And then all of a sudden, Patrick Swayze is like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't yeah. know you could do that. And, and it doesn't even show that much on his face. And I would love to know how many people, when they first saw it, that mm-hmm. even registered. Like, I'm going to say 20% of the crowd at least didn't even think, like, how did he break that glass? I think they just were like, ah, guy's going crazy. Seen. Well, I want to, um, before we take a break here in a bit, um, I wrote down that my 90s fantasy fucks are, and I would like to know yours, Sam, if you want to think Uh, about this. 90s fantasy, the people I want to fuck? 
in the 90s? Yeah, but you'll hear mine. Okay. So uh, my three 90s fantasy fucks are Vincent Chiavelli, okay. Abe Vigoda, okay. and Conan O'Brien. There's only one on those that I believe. That's not true. <laughs> really? You found Abe Vigoda sexy? I'd let fish fuck the hell out of me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, they're jokes. They're all jokes. Not Conan. I've all ha- I've always had an actual uh, Conan O'Brien crush. I know Conan's not a fake one. No, that's because I wrote a whole it song about it. Looked out for me. <laughs> I'm as close to his Conan as you got. All right, so I need uh, I need three goofy these <laughs> fantasy fucks from you, Sam. All wait, right, Rosie figure it out on the break. Oh wait, Rosie O'Donnell can she be one of nope, them? Nope, nope. I'll figure it out on the break. She can throw those cooch toy toys at you. In my bottle. <laughs> sure. Um. <laughs> Oh, that was that was fun. Uh, one thing I do want to criticize before we do go to break here is uh, why does Willie wear a long sleeve shirt with a, slor- a short sleeve jacket? Huh? He wears a long sleeve shirt with a short sleeve like sweatshirt. And, and oh, it, and I know what It's like it's cut off. On it the wasn't sleeves. cut off. What? It was like hemmed. So there was like a short sleeve sweatshirt that he was wearing like zip up. Only his chest and shoulders gets Over cold. Over a long sleeve shirt. I didn't understand the I fashion. I think they do things like that because then you're subconsciously going, that guy doesn't know how to dress very well. He's bad. He has a very weird voice, which if you didn't figure that from his face and all of his acne scars, you're going to figure it out from his voice because what? he does follow him to his apartment and he gets on the phone. He's like, he has a very graggly demon. He looked like he looked like what's that Chris Rock movie where he was like a gangster rapper. Oh, I don't know. I don't know this. And he looked a lot like Easy E. I don't know. Really? Well, if you look up this Chris Rock character in this Easy E type movie, sometimes Willie looks a lot like him. So just look up Chris Rock Easy E type movie. Yeah, you'll find you'll it. You'll find it, no problem. Is it CB4? Something like that. Uh, sure. I don't know. Anyway, are we going to take a break now? I th- or- do you want to go ahead and take a break before we We're meet Oda May? We're at an Odemay? hour and 12. Yeah. Yeah, let's go ahead and take a break. Uh, when <laughs> before we, come, we meet Oda May. We, when we come back, we'll meet Oda May, uh, which actually this song is a little premature because when we meet Oda May, she's listening to this. Uh, there's this gospel record playing in the background. So this will just be a little preview to what's coming up next, but we'll uh, we'll continue talking about the movie Ghost. We'll be back. Do you know who this is? Uh, no. It's Clay Aiken. Oh, it's not fun. I know that. I wanted to find a, a super fun version of Unchained Melody to bring us back. And I think I found it in Clay Aiken's Unchained Melody. Thanks, Clay. Thanks for the fun version, Clay. Turns out I hate that song in every version, Clay. You've not heard many versions, I'm sure. sure. It sounds so big. I don't like big songs like that anyway. That's part of why I chose it, because I knew it would be over the top and ridiculous. <laughs> and I do think you, you wouldn't like it. You fucking nailed that one. I sure did. You Well, let's see. I'm Welcome seeing... back, by the way. The podcast is back. We are back. You're still listening. I don't know why. 
I wouldn't be. I would have turned this off 60 minutes ago minimum. Just because you don't like Whoopi Goldberg? No, because we haven't talked about Whoopi Goldberg enough Well, yet. lucky for you, Sam, we are to the part of the movie where uh, we meet Whoopi Goldberg's character, Miss yeah! Oda May Brown. Oda May Brown! <laughs> highlight of the movie. Definitely the highlight of the movie. Uh, wait, was Patrick Swayze just moping around at this point? He left the bus station and he's like, boo ho home. Well, he... I don't think he... He doesn't know yet that his... Uh, I don't have it written down of when he actually figures out that Carl is connected because I know that Carl does no. go to see him. He has not figured that out yet. Okay, so he just knows that Carl was talking to someone on the phone that there is something deeper going on. Like you said, it wasn't just a random murder because... Wait, he heard Carl on the phone? Yeah, he followed Carl home to his place, and Carl immediately talked to some guy, and he's like, that's Willie, where we left talking him. about Willie. Oh, Willie, that's what, what I meant, yeah. He followed Willie back. But then Car- he follows Carl to Willie's place as well at some point, and I don't remember that's when much, that That's happens. later. That's later. Now he's just trying to figure out, why is this Willie guy want my stuff? Why does he want my fucking wallet? What's going on? And then he's just moping around. And, and then he sees that sign for Oda Mae Brown's place. Oh, the, the psychic. Last, I think it's just a last ditch thing, you know? He did, probably didn't even, maybe even didn't believe in ghosts before. So why not try anything at this point? I didn't even believe in ghosts. Maybe the psychic is actually real. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck knows? And he, this is where we meet Whoopi Goldberg. We find out that she is a fraudulent uh, psychic reader. Uh, oh, I really like her reveal when it's just the two sisters. Yeah, her two and sisters are like her sidekicks. And they and they and open the partners. door and show like, it's empty. Yes. And then they close it and then open it again. It's like, she's there. Oh, the great grand scheme of Oda Mae Brown. It's ridiculous. Uh, she looks very young in this. Very young, for sure. Lively. Absolutely. You can tell she, she uh, really wants to knock it out of the park i think she wears a lot of black lipstick in this movie which i also Does think she? is a nice touch wasn't looking i mean didn't notice you were oh. definitely looking at those lips so those lip the days. first time we see her she has the mrs santiago who she, you can <laughs> tell that she's a fraud because she's just naming names she's being racist because she's just like guadalupe maria <laughs> she just said yeah place. just and it ends up on maria because come on that's very common. Oh, I mean, nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. And uh, to get more information, I mean, she straight up like handed a folded $20 bill over like it was like, oh, a drug that, deal going on. That part's shit. really funny when she's like, what can we do to get more answers or something like that? She's just like, uh, 20 bucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's clear that it's so a scam. obvious it's blatant. And so obvious it's blatant. So obvious and blatant. Well, blatant means obvious. I'm saying both to make it extra descriptive. It's so obvious and obvious. Fuck off. It's fuck obvious. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So Jesus Christ. Picking me apart like I'm a chicken wing. Mmm. Chicken wings are delicious. <laughs> All right. So yeah, scam artist. Sam is walking around the room seeing that she's clearly full of shit. And he does start uh, just kind of dropping little comments that he thinks she's full of shit. And it ends up freaking her out, 
which I think is interesting because her sisters think that her responding to actually hearing the voice of a ghost means that she's crazy, which shows you how much of a fraud she is because showing that she can actually hear Sam that they're just like, there's something wrong with her when this is what she does for a living. Well, are they actually her sisters or are they just, we just call them her sisters? They live together. I think because they're sisters. Later she's talking about how, you know, like my mom had it, her mom had it. So like these women should not be, if she was hearing it, they shouldn't think like <laughs> this is un, unusual. They Maybe. should already be used to it. But who knows? I don't know the answer. They, but they know that she can't actually do anything. Well, she can now because I like how, I like how the reveal is. Sam is just—he's not even saying it, so she'll hear it. He's just like in the room, you know. No, he does say, "Oh, you're full of shit." Full, or yeah, you're full of shit. And then I like this is when Whoopi Goldberg's acting is coming across really well because she's doing two worlds here: one of I got to keep this act together so that this lady keeps giving me money. But at the same time, what the fuck is going on? And then I like when it breaks eventually and she can't handle it anymore. And she just like jumps up from the table and she's like, who are you? <laughs> and just breaks all misconception. It just doesn't even care about that lady in the room anymore. This is a weird, uh, just kind of random fact that I've heard this about this movie before. Um, not kind of more recently, though, but I also read it and was reminded that one thing that Patrick Swayze did since they did have like scenes where they shot outside and stuff that he would because it was like colder outside that he would chew on ice to make sure that his breath never showed up oh that's a good little trick hmm i don't know if it was his idea or someone else's but he did to make sure that he didn't seem human at all and didn't even have a breath that's a good he idea. made sure that his uh breath was cold i want to just try that now i want to go outside and see if my breath is shown and then i'm gonna chew on some ice and see how it works i think it's pretty obvious that you know what if mine doesn't work why wouldn't it what if i'm so dead that i breathe all the time i don't know what that's supposed to be yeah nothing you're saying is making sense (laughs) and then if i ever shut you down you're like why would you do that to me i'm genius exactly brilliant carry on i still have weird crunchy things in my mouth from those fucking cheap ass chocolate covered raisins they're fine to you I don't think when you eat chocolate-covered raisins that every one that you bite down on, the raisin is is like crunchy. I'm going to go ahead and say you're chewing too much. In, one bite, swallow. Done. That's disgusting. Nope. That's how you're supposed to eat things. I don't think that's how that works. (laughs) Our digestive tracts aren't supposed to do everything for us. Yes, they are. Let's tax them. Tax them all the way. Tax your guts. Tax them every day. I'm going to start a picket line outside. And I'm pretending to be into this. You're into it. So one thing uh, he does get her to say to uh, out loud back, because he's just like, say something. And she's like, I don't know what you want me to say. And he's like, Sam Wheat, Sam Wheat. My name's Sam Wheat. And she says, Sam Wheat. And then uh, slams the door and disappears again into the door that she yeah, the mysterious, magically came the out magic of before. Door. The magic closet door that's uh, the most obvious thing in the world. The magic closet door. Ding. (laughs) All right. So at this point, let's see. We've got people, her sister's thinking that she's crazy because she 
is talking to this white ghost and they think that you know she's nuts and i think Whoopi's great i think her wig is trash in this movie though it's a wig i think it looks like a wig i didn't look I didn't pay attention. I didn't look. I'm just enthralled with the acting skills. I'm not paying attention to wig action. Well, she uh, she knows that he is talking to her. She can hear him. She can't see him. And he is urging her to contact Molly and let her know that she is in danger since he himself cannot relay this information to Molly. But he sees that something is still in the works with Willie Lopez. Because he's not just done after killing Sam. He's still breaking into Molly's apartment. Yeah. Why would he be breaking into the apartment? He wants his wallet. He doesn't know why he wants his wallet so bad. Because he's looking for... I mean, we should know. He's looking for that code, baby. Mm Mm-hmm. But... So next, this is like the... This is like the moment where we do get the New York. When Whippy's outside of the building trying to get Molly to come to the window and let her in. And she's yelling at the building. And then that guy does get oh out there. He's God. like, hey, get out of here. But I, but I got to move. Because uh, she's just like, hey. And he's like, hey, shut up. And she's <laughs> like, you shut up. I'm not talking to you. And you get a lot of that. Uh, uh, classic whoopee attitude. Yeah. It's a good. She did such a good job this movie. If she wasn't in this movie, it would not have done very well. She really carried the movie, I think. Absolutely. And I, I still think, uh, even though I didn't know this for very long, that Patrick Swayze getting her to be the part i mean some people just like have that that foresight if that that, that's what you would call it to see that like this person would do great in this role i'm not familiar enough with reading something and then imagining it to life you know as they do the interpreting scripts and things i just i it's interesting that he read that and thought this has to be a whoopi goldberg and no one else thought to extend that to Whoopi. Or maybe it's a case where he read it and was like, this role is a dud so far. We need to bring someone that can make this interesting. We need Whoopi Goldberg. I don't think he was ever bummed to be in the movie. I don't no, think that I'm not was saying the he perception. was bummed for his part. Sometimes a role, it does not read well. And you bring in an actor that uh, can spice it up. Well, speaking of spicing it up, I think that's a fun thing to say because at this point in the movie, uh, like you said, Whoopi's out on the street trying to convince Molly to let her in. Mm-hmm. Doing something that I've wished many, many movies have done. By actually before. explaining specific things that only they would know between the two of them Absolutely. to gain the trust. I can't give any examples, but I know I've felt it in movies past that like, if you so just many said movies. these four sentences, it would make them go, oh, this has to be true, or at least I have to check this out. That happens a lot in movies and TV shows, where it's like, why are you just not communicating the simple thing that if you just said it, you could move on past this, but it's being drug out because they need to? It just <laughs> That's one thing that bothers me about movies and media sometimes, is that... Like, you're trying to wrap people in because there needs to be a believability. Unless it's, like, all fantasy. If if it's, like, real characters, you know, a real relationship, whatever, and they're trying to pull you in, but then they just throw some offhanded fucking thing. I just... To me, it pulls me out of it. Like, you need to be consistent, I think, if you want it to be good. If that's not the actual point, to be inconsistent. Well, yeah, and I'm thinking of when there's, like, a monster movie... And they run into the, like the police, and they're just like, "Something's chasing me." 
And they're like, oh, yeah, what is it? Blah, 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 blah. And all they could be is, do is go, look, I was here at this time, this moment. Something came out and did this, this, and this. Please, let's just go to this location right now. I can show you the evidence because my car is torn in half. And they just that just never happens. Or relationship <laughs> things where they just don't. They let someone believe like they're they look like they're caught doing something that they're not doing and oh, they don't just yeah, explain yeah. the situation they just let it go on and on and let it just be this confusing anger the whole time it's like why aren't you just handling this like anyone would in an actual situation <laughs> very weird um so like i had said previously she trusts will be enough to let her into the apartment and uh it's just pulling out details that are pretty fucking specific she is and you get I th- one thing I think is funny is that you definitely get the Otome personality. It's n- she's not just a simple character because when she is asked to relay things, she relays them back in her own way of doing it. And I do want to play this clip of when Otome uh, is in the apartment and she has a little back and forth with Sam. And the clip is on YouTube it is titled Otome Demands Respect. Here we go. <laughs> is this him? Is this you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cute. White, but cute. <laughs> she loves those understand. little racist Why digs. Why did he come back? I don't know. Why is he still here? He's stuck. That's what it is. He's in between worlds. You know what happens sometimes? The, the spirit gets yanked out so quick that the essence still feels like it has work to do here. Does she know all Would that because like her rambling? mom told her that? I think I'm rambling. I'm just answering a question. No, I think I it's her to. just filling in the spaces with her. I yes, think she does do that a lot. Which is we have a little discussion. A big if part of this clip. If you didn't have attitude, you would not have raised your voice to me, now would you? God damn it. Don't you, God damn it, me. Don't you take the Lord's name in vain. You <laughs> I understand? love it. I don't take Would that. You relax. No, you relax. You're the dead guy. You want me to help you? You better apologize. Because oh, I don't Jesus. take that from anybody. You better apologize. <laughs> Ghost. I'm Nobody talks to me like that. You understand me? Now you better apologize. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay? Now would you sit down? What's that whoopee? Please? He's apologized. <laughs> He's apologized. I need you to tell Molly what She's I'm a saying. Very good you actress. have to tell her word for word. I right? agree. So yeah, the word, word for, for word, word thing, and this is he wants me to tell very you classic. Some people say this is one word. of the best uh, parts of the movie, and I would agree. Here we go. Molly, you're in danger. Now you can't just blurt it out like that and quit moving around, will you? Because you start to make me dizzy. I just tell her in my own way. Molly, you in danger, girl. <laughs> so good yeah it's not it though because there's also the man who killed me here it is the man who killed his name is willie lopez and i know where he lives his name is willie lopez he's puerto rican he knows where he lives (laughs) (laughs) it's how she fills in things on her own and i think that's hilarious like molly you're in danger molly you in danger girl i know the man who killed me his name is willie lopez his name is willie lopez he's puerto rican I, I like her uh, own little interpretations, which, yeah, I think that she delivers so well. And Whoopi is just great in this movie. Like I said, it wouldn't have been any near the success it was if it wasn't for Whoopi. She's just got a, a fresh attitude to it. A fresh, like, I don't know. She seems like cruel, cruel in a way, but she's not cruel. Mm-hmm. Like She seems like she's got a lot of attitude, a lot of sass. But like, she, I think she's just genuinely like, 
all right. It's genuinely fine. But she's also <laughs> a scam artist. She's not like yeah, as much of an out, innocent but like, person. But you still get the fact like you like Otome Brown. Like yeah, you don't evidence, dislike her. Evidence you get told eventually that like ah maybe we're not supposed to like her, but you fucking love her. Yeah, it's true. Uh, that is definitely true. Um, I get very, I get, I should, shouldn't say very, I get less descriptive. I say, I would say as these notes go on, cause I just put like Carl is pure crap and that he wears pleated corduroy pants, like a cool guy slamming puss. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much there is to talk about like, cause it's just turning into, I don't remember how Carl comes back to the house, but Carl's, she's talking to Carl. Like, after this whole scene. She does let Carl know what's happening. Yeah, she's talked to Oda Mae Brown. She's met Oda Mae Brown, and she lets Carl know that. And she starts saying things that, like, like Willie Lopez's name. Mm-hmm. Things that she should not know. Which, yeah. by now, do you think Carl, when he hears that name, because, of course, Carl's in on he it. He's the react. one who's hired Willie Lopez. He reacts, but is he reacting like, fuck, is this ghost thing real? Or is he just reacting like, how the hell does this Otome know? I think that's what it is. It's the second one? I, He's still not believing in Ghost yet? I don't think he necessarily believes that... Yeah, because it's like, we need to find out who this bitch is. I I think he... I don't think he's afraid, necessarily, of Molly finding out um, everything. I just think that he he hears that someone might be getting in the way of a transaction because that is when he i think that's when he goes and sees carl yeah it is it's he's once she says his name he freaks out because he's like i'm gonna go see him and then that's when uh sam Sam, well sam is just like no like he he's telling him even though he can't hear him to like be careful Oh yeah because he says it as the guise of i'm gonna go investigate this Mm -hmm. for you i'm the good guy so he's just like be careful be careful this guy is whatever and then when he actually gets to willie's place and they talk about you know how they're you know how does this fucking otome bitch know this so then it's we need to look into otome so you still don't think he's got an inkling of, is the ghost part of this real? No. Okay. I don't think anyone knows about that other than Otome and Molly. Molly told him. But I don't Molly think he told be- Carl. So you don't think at all. I don't think he believes it. I think he's using. I think he thinks. He that, thinks that, that Willie told somebody else. Willie has loose lips. That's what he thinks. He thinks Willie has loose lips. That he he hired Willie, and Willie because he's like. How does this woman know? And he's like, ah, I know a lot of women. <laughs> so that's probably what it is. So you're right. He doesn't have any ghost belief yet. I don't think there's any ghost belief, but I also think that I don't think if he, he knows even how to necessarily connect it. I mean, if you think he thinks Willie has loose lips, I think that makes sense. Well, I think he, he does says show something when he shows mad. up. Yeah. He's like, who have you been talking to? I think he says something like that. Okay. Loose lips, Willie. Because remember, he says that funny line, but like, I know a lot of women. Well, yeah. oh. and I think that he would he would hear the the psychic who Sam told her that he would he wouldn't take that seriously at all. He would just say this person is trying to uh, like manipulate your weaknesses or take advantage of yeah blackmail you. you. Because he, they know that you've been through this. Yeah. Because it's not like that wouldn't have been a story in the papers and stuff that he was stabbed on the street. So anyone could have seen that in a city like new york and seen that as a a way to try and manipulate someone to get something out of them so sure. i don't think he thinks that that's connected at all that whole carl and willie scene when he's in his apartment you know and he's yelling at him and mm-hmm. he's saying like you got to find this Mae brown and take care of her 
Uh, it is shot as like the cheapest looking like <clears throat> soap opera horror scene, like soap opera. I don't know the way the shots do it. They like almost have a scene where Carl turns around like, <sighs> and, like looks at the wall almost like what's going on. It's just shot in a very goofy way. This movie has many different like mini movies <laughs> to it where it's like, okay, this scene is the romantic scene now. Now we do like turnarounds shots. Well, it's interesting because I did read that they were considering putting a known person in the role of Carl and <clears throat> they weren't necessarily planning on taking on like a fresher face person. They were they were thinking like a more established actor. So he kind of, I mean, he proved himself. I know you thought that he was a bad actor, but he proved himself enough to get that role when they weren't looking in at bigger stars. Yeah, I didn't think his acting was very good at times. I think it's obvious that he was young, but I also think that he was supposed to seem kind of like erratic and not confident in what he was doing because he was just kind of a shithead. He wasn't some like trained guy who really... If he, if he was, he would have been more successful. But he was just kind of like a schlubby guy got into some shit and... Now he's just feeling all of the stuff. He sacrificed his fucking best friend to be killed so he could get this money. Oh, I get what it was supposed to be. I just don't think he executed it very well. I think it was fine. <laughs> I don't think it was so bad. Um, so she does, uh, let's see, Patty Swayze. Patty Swayze has a face like an overactor. That's pretty. That's already been discussed. Uh, one thing is interesting. So she does go, Demi has this information and she decides to go to the police and look into this Willie Lopez guy. She wants to see if she can get any information about him because she thinks that he had a hand in killing Sam. And we see a young, sweet Stephen Root oh, yeah, as Stephen a detective Root. who works at the police station. And what the fuck hasn't he been in Nothing. since the 90s? I looked it up and he has like 230 acting credits. He's always good at it. He's, he's always, always a believable. Good, oh, he's wonderful. Stephen Root is so underrated, even though I feel like most people see him and like him. For sure. He's just a character actor that everybody recognizes, but don't necessarily know his name. Definitely probably don't know his name. Yeah. And yeah, he's just... He deserves a lot of respect. I mean, he's literally got at least one character that's beloved. The stapler character. I've got a, yeah, I got a hard time with that because I feel so bad. I forget what his name is. It's not popping Milton? in my head. Milton, yeah. I feel so bad for him the entire time, and I think he's so unfairly treated that it that part is difficult for me in the movie office space. He is unfairly treated, but God damn it, he gets his revenge and burns he, the place down. He does get his <laughs> revenge, but he's, I don't, but he's still, I don't know. Well, he did get his stapler back before he burned the place down. God damn right. All right, so I guess revenge is had. And that's funny because Steven Root, like, in that role, it might be the first time I really locked on to who that guy was, who Steven Root even was. And then later when I saw him in other things... I was like, that's the guy who played Milton. <laughs> I think for me, he was the guy on Just Shoot Me first. No, wait, not Just Shoot Me. That's the wrong show. Uh, I said the wrong one. That's that's like Seagull something. What am I fucking thinking? What was, was he News Radio? On? News Radio. Yeah, 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 I can think. Yeah. He was the guy from News Radio. He was the first boss for me. He? Mm-hmm. he was Jimmy God, Jam he or was... something like that. <laughs> that show fucking was very classic, good. Classic character actor. And he's. I mean, he was in Us. Is that what it was? Or Get Out? He was in Get Out. He was fucking creepy in that. 
Yeah, because he mean, was he getting ready to get a brain transfer. Just the way he talked in that video when he's like, you're going to be, it's all right, fellas. Like, Stephen Root can do just about anything and you'll believe it. And he's also been like supremely white trash. He's been in like dodgeball and stuff. Like he's been all kinds of different characters. Do you remember that movie? I don't really remember it much. I think Rip Torn was like in a wheelchair or something. Don't remember it. Yeah, I don't. I've not seen it very much. Rip Torn. I am Rip Torn. Hey, Gord. Damn it, Gord. Damn it, Gord. Do we gotta get the men in black? That's. I feel like I'm doing more Nick Nolte. I am Nick Nolte. Do you want to shoot a basketball? Okay, so Sam finds out that Carl, his best friend, is a part of it. And once again, much like he did with Willie, he tries to punch him. And is unsuccessful. (laughs) He's so mad. Why did you do this? Punching, going right through him. He's like, bam, I remember that fucking asshole, that beautiful asshole, Vincent Schiavelli, is on the subway. And he was able to break glass. He is able to manipulate the human world still. How do I do this? And then the next scene is him just like running down the escalator. Yeah. Did we talk about uh, what's his nuts taking his shirt off? Because that's why he's so mad. Oh, did that happen too? That's when he goes for him because he uh, fucking Carl shows up to tell Molly that like everything's going to be all right. And then I'm having well, a Well, I didn't, rough, actually didn't finish what I was saying because they went to the police station and she wanted a... Willie, um, like she wanted information on Willie, and he brought back police reports about Otome Brown. Yeah, and no record on Willie Lopez. No record. A at lot all. of records on Otome Brown. Yeah, she is a known scam artist. You should not trust her. And okay, so that I didn't finish that whole thing, but now that's done. After we went on a huge Stephen Root rant, <laughs> but that's you know he's Carl is trying to seduce. Absolutely. To me more, Molly. So, yeah. And like, does that really funny? Remember, he's like wearing that office shirt and he's like, can I get some more creamer? And then she, she turns around, he dumps the coffee on his shirt. Dumps it. Oh, which reminds me of, there's a Simpsons episode where uh, Bart gets a new babysitter and he's got a real big crush on her. Okay. And uh, Jimbo becomes her boyfriend and he Weird. comes over uh, while, while she's babysitting Bart and he mm-hmm. just keeps going like, Oh man, my shirt is chafing me. I better take it off. <laughs> and all I could think of was this fucking nerd with Demi Moore being like, "Oh no, my shirt is stained. I'd better take it off." Which, by the way, nobody's gonna do that. You would just be like, "Ah, fuck, my shirt is stained. I'm just gonna sit here with a stained shirt." Well, when she offered to like throw it in the dryer or get him one of Sam's shirts, and he was just like, "No, it'll oh, dry quickly. No, I just want to sit here with my shirt off yeah. because I think that I'm some big muscular guy who's gonna seduce you." And he starts kissing her. And he does go to kiss her. And she lets it happen for a bit. Do you think shit was going to happen if Sam hadn't have jumped through the both of them and knocked that picture frame down? No, I think that she would have stopped it before anything big happened, even though I, I think she would have kissed him because she was sad. Yeah. And missed Sam. I don't think she would have like gone all the way and fucked him. No. Gotcha. Just a handy. <laughs> I don't know that it would have even got. I think before things, I think something she got pushed sexual. Him off, like, a second after Sam had already knocked that 
picture frame off. I think she would have come to before that. She was already on her way, in my opinion. Yeah, because I just don't think. She, yeah, I don't know. I think Plus, she, she doesn't really like Carl that way. She was already fucking annoyed by him. No, but she likes the feeling of being seen because she misses Sam yep, so much. That's true. Taking advantage of a situation that Carl is. So, yeah, so he does get mad and he's able to knock over the picture frame, but he doesn't know how he did it. Which means, like you were getting into, it's time for ghost training. (laughs) It's ghost training for Patrick Swayze. Yeah, so when Patrick Swayze is running down that escalator in that shot... Just that classic, like early '90s, looking up at like the subway, <laughs> yeah. and like it just—I don't know—it was just nice. It's nostalgic, ghost and then and you were literally like, "Oh, he's gonna figure out like <laughs> ghost, rules. ghost rules." I love rules of worlds and supernatural things, like vampire rules, zombie rules, ghost rules, demon rules. Love it all. Well, oh, you can't walk past that circle because they put stones around it. Love it. That didn't happen in this movie. I'm just giving an example of other rules. No. One rule that Vincent Chiavelli had was, it's okay if you uh, don't brush your teeth before going to bed. That motherfucker had gingivitis. (laughs) There's no way he didn't. You don't think they gingered it up even more? No. No, I think that's how his teeth actually were. He looked like that all the time. That's what he looked like. He was ghoulish. I mean, he looked like that, yes, but you don't think they greened up his teeth a little bit? No. All right. <laughs> I think that motherfucker, I keep saying motherfucker a lot because I feel like he's such a big, powerful, like mighty man. He does seem big. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I think he's, I assume he smoked cigars and drank whiskey. Oh, he definitely did both those things. Because he, I think he was also in like gangster movies. Not gangster, but like mob movies. I don't think he was like a big part, but I think he may have been in some of those movies as Is he well. dead or alive? He's Do we dead. know? He's definitely oh, done. Vincent. He, he died cigars. of gingivitis. Oh, that killed him. It went into his brain and killed him dead. So one thing I think that's interesting is that when he gets on the train again, it's he is noticed because Patrick is just going. Jump, he jumps onto the train from another one. Yeah, like as he it's is passing trying, by. He <laughs> wants to find him. And as soon as... Uh, he, the funniest part is when he sticks his head into the one just to look left and right <laughs> well, those 90s effects it definitely doesn't become effects. as bothersome and you actually see it weird him out in the beginning and then he's to the point where he's just sticking his head out as a subway train goes by that would, that would make sense like it would freak you out at first not mm-hmm. getting used to something is coming at your face and it doesn't matter it's not going to hit me it doesn't matter mm-hmm. and even if it hits me what's going to happen it's going to rip my ghost head off not nope. going to fucking happen. It's not going to happen. So it would be weird as a fresh human to be used to things coming at your face and not being like, ah! Ah! <laughs> Yeah. Well, I like that he says, get off my train. Do you think that that inspired, get off my plane? What's get off my plane? Please explain. Oh my God. Have you not ever seen the movie Air Force One, Sam? Not in a long time. Get off my plane. Is that what Harrison Ford says? Of course he does. <laughs> it's classic. Get, get off my plane, Chewie. Let me see if I can find like a three second get off my plane clip. Please, well, please uh, do. I'll I, make sure to turn this up. Get off my plane. Well, I put in get off and get off my train ghost came out, but get off my plane. Get off. Watch me be totally wrong. <laughs> it's actually like, and now it says get off my plane this is my plane get off air force one get off my plane the shortest one i can find is 25 seconds long 25 seconds listen to that music though real action's happening 
Well, yeah, I'm sure. Are they, like, flying in a plane in zero Gs now and fighting as they float? Get off my plane, Chewie. Holy shit. What just happened? Did he just, like, rip someone's jaw off? Because that's what it sounded like. No, so the, the plane was actually open, and I guess Gary Oldman was the bad guy. Oh! And he, like... He had a parachute on him and he broke his neck. He broke Gary Oldman's neck and then kicked him out the back of the plane. With the parachute open and then he floated so up just as like a, a dead guy. A dead guy's just like floating through A the dead air. Gary Oldman coming down to rain on someone's parade. That's bad because I, I like an alive Gary Oldman. He's a very versatile person. So is, yeah, very much so. Is the plot of Air Force One, this president was like a super badass military guy. I don't remember. You should ask my dad. He loved that movie. <laughs> so, Jim, is the plot of Air Force One that he was a super badass military guy and then he becomes the president and then, like, the a special ops team comes in and kills the rest of his... Uh, kills all of his su special su uh, security officers. Uh, you want to hear this? And then he's got to take matters into his own hands. Here, here's the Air Force One film synopsis. Synops me. After making a speech in Moscow, vowing to never negotiate with terror, terror, terrorist. We will not negotiate with terrorists. I don't believe in terror. Terrorists. Uh, let's see. So President Harrison Ford boards Air Force One with his family and advisors when a group of terrorists led by Gary Oldman hijacks the flight. The president's principles are put to the test. Feigning escape, ex-soldier Marshall. Boom. Stows away in the aircraft and must race against time to rescue his family and everyone else on board. It's the only way it makes sense. It's not like a regular ass president's gonna fucking break somebody's neck and shoot him out of the plane parachute style. That made some money in 1997. Hell yeah, it did. 300, uh, 315.2 million dollars. Hello. Good job, cha-ching, Harrison. Let's see. Uh, let's see how much Ghost made. It looks like the budget was 22 million. Ghost made like a hundred something million. Ghost made five hundred and five point seven million. Boom. So yeah, this was definitely success. I guess it was the highest grossing film of nineteen ninety. Good job. At the time of its release, it was the third highest grossing film of all time. Oh. Adjusted for inflation, as of twenty fifteen, Ghost yes. is the ninety third highest grossing film of all time. So it has been absolutely absolutely eclipsed by a lot of movies. Total eclipse in my heart. <sighs> So back into this movie, um, we, ghost training. Ghost training. He yeah, not a whole lot happened. He just, he just learns them. how to fucking like move stuff. Yeah, and and interact with the physical world as little as he can. An old classic Mountain Dew can that's in on the subway ground. Yeah. Um, this I, I wanted to bring this back up because what's his a name? Random tennis shoe. What's v his name? Vincent Chiavelli. Vincent Chiavelli. His acting on this part is... His acting is good in general. He's mm -hmm. one of those character actors that just... Whatever he's doing, you're going to believe it. He's terrifying. It, yeah, he's just good. So, I really liked it when he gets... Uh, when he says something like, you know, ever since they pushed me, he's bringing up his death, and then he freaks out like, what, you don't believe me? Ah! And then he punches that cigarette machine, mm -hmm. and then you just see his emotion completely turn into this child. And he's just like... What I would give for one drag. And it made me think, man, it would suck being a ghost. And like, you can't enjoy anything physical anymore. Like, you're sitting around with stoners and you can't hit the bong. Uh, I can't drink a fucking Coca-Cola. I can see them all the time, but I can't 
fucking drank one. I don't know if Vincent Chiavelli's top teeth were as gross, so you may have been correct. I'm going to say that they grossed him up. They probably did. Apparently, he had Marfan syndrome. I don't know what that is. Let's see. Marfan? Marfan. M-A-R-F-A-N. It's common but rarely detected disorder of the body's connective tissue. Oh, so things didn't connect well? Let's see. Like his jaw just go, bah. Many people who have the ailment are unaware of their condition until they die abruptly of a heart attack in their 30s. Whoa! But he, who his eye doctor detected his dislocated lenses around age nine. Whoa! The optometrist knew something about Marfan syndrome, which is a major cause of the dislocation of lenses. This is wild. Because I guess Abraham Lincoln <gasps> had it. Yes, I did. And this guy was a, uh, he, I guess he did quite a bit of research on Lincoln. What the fuck? So with the, with that knowledge, he had been able to take necessary protective measures over the years. Wow. So I wonder if Marfan syndrome has like, if you, you're always tall and lanky, if you've got it. I guess so. He had a heart surgery that say in the nineties, he died, uh, at 57 in 2005. 57, that's not great, but it's not too bad. He's Italian as fuck. Especially since people died just in the mid-30s from a heart attack from having Marvin's. <laughs> that fucking crazy. Yeah, that sucks. Terrifying. Okay, so... Well, but- I like him. He's a very good actor. He's, his emotion flips a lot. and uh, It does, because at, for no reason... I don't even remember what it was. It was just they were trying to have like a conversation. Well, he gets upset because he brings up his death and then he just loses his mind. And he, yeah, he gets really mad and he acts like all of this. I mean, he suddenly acts like Sam was like against him. Who sent you? Why are yeah, you following yeah. me? Who are you? Like it just, he totally flips and he's, he plays a great angry person. Great angry person. Great uh, desperate person. Went over those cigarettes and a great, uh, like the retreat too. Like, did he say what I would give for a drag? Or yeah, something? yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier. Oh, what? sorry. It's like I don't even talk. <laughs> it's because you said it in a weird voice that it must not have registered that's in my what voice. I would, what I would do for just one drag? Okay, all right, I remember now. So we are back to Otome, who is apparently making a killing because people think that she is actually legitimate now. Even though she's... Because she is now. <laughs> she is? She can hear everybody now? Yeah, she's... All those ghosts in there now. She's like, Sam, I don't know what you did, but ever since you talked to me, now I can't stop fucking oh, hearing everyone. Oh, that's right. Okay. So she's actually hearing a bunch of... Ghosts! It was legitimate there. Oh, that's fine. Um, and people are... They're just clamoring. Like, now the room is just filled with... Uh, she's the hot spot. With the ghosts and the people and who families, them. and uh, we have we have a ghost who is impatient and straight jumps into her body. Yeah, we got a possession. This movie has turned into a possession movie. <laughs> this ghost, I love it when he jumps in because it's that '90s uh, effects or late '80s effects. I really should say. Yeah, and then it just shows him as he's going in, doing like a little wobble and going. And then so Whoopi also has to go uh-huh. <laughs> as the body enters her. It's funny because then he he immediately starts talking to his sister and he's like, your hair. And she's <laughs> like, you like it, Orlando? <laughs> and he's just, he says something like 
mean. I don't remember. I think it's hilarious just the way Whoopi decides to talk like this guy and gets his. She kind of like gets rotund and puts her chin well, down. Because Orlando's a big <laughs> round guy. Well, how'd you do your hair? You, you like it? It's called. Oh, I wish I could remember the color that it was called. <laughs> I don't know. It's like something pink fuchsia. I can't remember what it's fucking called. But it was a really funny moment. Whoopi Goldberg once again killing it. And then <laughs> her and then, expelling the ghost is funny as well because it's just the reverse. <laughs> it ejects him out of the body and then he is just... And then we do learn here something important though is that when he gets out of her body, like, yeah, you can jump into someone's body, but it's going to drain everything out of you for a little bit. And he's just like, I can't do anything. He's just like laying on the floor after he's thrown out of her yeah. body and he's just like... I like that actor that delivers that line because he's just like looking down at the camera and just gives like, come on now, you know you can't do that, silly old ghost is what it felt like. Yeah, just like an older ghost who's like, you know better, you can't just go jump into people's come bodies. Come on, silly dead guy along with me, you know you can't be doing that. And it's very, uh, it's very uh, rude, I would say, to just jump into a person without uh, permission. It's basically ghost rape. Wouldn't you agree? Ghost rape. Ghost rape. Uh, I don't like any of this conversation. All right. We'll call it grape for short. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like grape flavored things either. So you do not. You're right. That's a bad thing for me. Um, So I guess, like I said, with my notes getting really thin from this point on, I have like four or five more notes. So at this point, uh, I do think it's interesting that you see that Otome is racking up money. Um, she does say that she's going to make her sister go to a fat farm because she's too big, which I think is a really nice thing to do when you start getting money. Is that you're like, I'm going to help my sister. I'm going to send her to a fat farm because she's gotten too big. I don't know if you caught that, but I made sure to rate that down. I, I thought, thought it was she wrote nice. that after the whole Rita Miller section. She said that after the whole Rita Miller section. Was it? Yeah. Well, and that makes sense as the note before it, because it says Sam should have told Otome to stop improvising and to stop looking crazy. Yeah. Because he does. So he does have her dress up as well, someone. Sam, Sam has figured out Carl's fucking plot that somehow s- Carl wants his confirmation number to get back into the accounts, to get into this certain account to take money. So Sam has figured it out. He was there when he set it up. He found the number. Carl found the number, set it up in this account. This is how we don't know how this ever worked. Like who's in charge because he's talking to somebody on the phone. Like, all right, I got the number. And then that guy, mysterious, this mysterious man on the phone tells Carl, set this account up under the name Rita Miller, transfer all the money to that. So now there's this random account under Rita Miller mm-hmm. that's got a fuck ton of money in it, millions of dollars. Uh, seems like in this grand scheme of things, he's only getting like 90000 was the number, I think. No, that's all Willie was going to get. Okay, that's how much Willie's going to get. Not worth it to kill somebody for $90,000. It is when you're really broke on the street. I guess so. And I've never been offered $90,000 to kill anyone. You've so. always said you'd kill someone for $5,000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've always said that. Which is way lower than $90,000. Yeah, it's too much. And You're think paying of, too much. And think about 31 years of inflation since then. It'd be much more than $90,000. <laughs> so that's... Sam has now getting... He somehow promises Otome that if you help me one more time figure all the, take care of the problems that I have, 
I'll somehow get ghosts to stop talking to you because it's driving her crazy. Yeah. She can't get rid of all the rest of these guys. Well, we didn't talk about what it took for him to actually get Otome to work for him. And that was torturing her all night oh, long. Oh, in the first place? By yeah. singing Henry VIII over and over again. Do ghosts sleep? Do you think they ever get I would, tired? I would think they don't get tired. Okay. They just exist. And then when she did actually tell, when Otome told Molly that, and she was like, that's how he got me to go out with him. Which is another clue. That's a horrible, yeah. horrible way to get yeah. someone to do something. I for. believe the note I skipped earlier in my notes was, Sam seems exhausting because of that kind of shit. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. But now the plan is, Otome, you will pose as Rita Miller because you we already know you have a history of making fake IDs, so you can make this Rita Miller ID. They don't really show her doing that. You just kind of kind of put that two and two together. But she's a so now it's time well known to, scam artist. Yeah, so, so now she can do this. Time to go to the bank. She gets to get this to steal this money basically mm-hmm. that has already been stolen. Just so it so can a crime go through. to fix a crime. <laughs> just so at least it fucks Carl over because yeah. he wants Carl to get fucked over and this to come out and if people aren't going to believe like oda may then they need some actual action to make some things come out do some shit so then like so she dresses up in a ridiculous (laughs) outfit is fucking outfit which is what she thinks is like classy and it's just it's it's like pepto bismol (laughs) pink and some it's like some gaudy thing that you would see like an old black lady at church wearing yeah Basically, yep. but like really, pink. really pink, really big. <laughs> the hat on, it's really square. It's very late eighties, mm-hmm. early nineties. Uh, this whole bank scene, I guess it's a bank, is funny because, yeah. like, like you said, what was your note? He should have told her not to improvise. Uh, to stop improvising because she's constantly talking to him, even walking to the bank, walking like past the nuns who are asking for money, just walking down the street, constantly talking to herself, looking like an insane person. Yep. Like how... Interacting with a ghost while someone's in front of her. And of all of the other times that this movie has been good about saying the things that you maybe want to be said but aren't... This is never said, and it irritates the hell out of me. He's never just like, I mean, except for the one scene that I did play where he's like, say exactly what I say. But she doesn't. But it never (laughs) comes back, and it just seems to get worse over time. Because then she has full on like, like arguments and stuff in the bank with him. And like, it's like, why doesn't he ever just say, stop, you look crazy. Yeah, because the people do turn around and look at her like, what the fuck is going on with this lady? Yeah, because she and she's not even really trying to hide it that much. And I think he also knows that she's already a loose cannon. Like, if he tells her, like, listen, fucking stop. You're going to fuck this up. Oh, she's She'll be like, mad. don't you talk to me like that. Oh, yeah, it would be like that. So he's got to play it in this weird, like. That makes sense. Walk on eggshells with her. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, You know, she. long story short, she gets the fucking money. She does. And it's a. Four, she gets the check. It's a four million dollar check. Yeah. And a cashier's check that she <laughs> that part's really funny when he's like and how would you like it she goes 20s she's like 10 to 20s, <laughs> 10 to 20s. <laughs> you know how much fucking cash that, that would, would be, be disgusting four million dollars in 10s and 20s. 20s holy shit oh. but no just a cashier's check and uh she does see molly when she's leaving she doesn't see Molly. Molly sees her. She does at the very end. Does she see her? At the yeah, because so because he's just like we have to go, we have to yeah, go. Yeah, because Patrick Molly's Sway's there. man, he sees Molly. And he then, knows what's going. And on. And then he's able to when Molly's walking by, he pushes papers in front of her, so that stops her, and she has to like bend down and pick up these papers 
that just flew oh, off a desk yeah, in front yeah. of her. She sees so right then, at the very end. So yeah, I thought I was saying, does Whoopi see her? Not the other way. I knew Molly eventually saw it. No, Molly. Uh, Molly saw her before uh, Otome saw her. She didn't see her because she's like, "What?" She didn't understand why Sam was oh, pushing yeah. her. And then she's like, "Oh, gotta go." <laughs> and then it was just until yeah, the elevator doors started closing. She understood go. why they were running, and he made her sign over that cashier's check to the nuns who were collecting money outside, and she was not happy at all. But he was like, "This isn't your money." Oh, and Molly gets the name Rita Miller off that bank teller. By the way, that bank guy is sharing way too much information. With, it's not. But she, she shouldn't be privy to that information. He should say that's a client. I can't give you that information. Yeah, but <laughs> but it, the whole thing starts with you guys hung out at this party and were really friendly. Oh, I'm so, not talking about that. Go carry on though. I don't know what you're going to say. I'm sorry. Oh, just because Sam kept saying things to her and feeding her information to get the bank teller guy to trust her because like, he was dropping like the guy's kids names oh, yeah. and stuff like that i was saying molly when asked that bank teller who was that woman what did she do what was she doing here mm-hmm. he legally should not be telling her anything about that person's financial dealings and he's like oh no her name's rita miller he she, she took some money i don't <laughs> know that he well yeah because she was like was that Otome brown he's like no that's rita miller yeah <laughs> should have shut the fuck up be like i don't know that's my client i'm not gonna tell you anything uh, i guess just giving the name is well and he knows her it was mm-hmm. sam's girlfriend it yeah. was sam's well eventually Sam fiance. there so yeah. so you know she's like running and citing that over she's very not happy about it uh i want to ask you sam which friend would you have killed for millions of dollars which friend would i have killed for million dollars that's so easy (laughs) (laughs) is it something that you don't want to say on the podcast i'll say i'll kill kent easily for four million dollars you dead (laughs) i kill kent for fucking (laughs) way less that's for sure um Let's see. who. What friend would I have killed for millions of dollars? Oh, I know. It'd be Mandy. She's not a good friend anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't think we were thinking of quality of friend here. Is that what was funny? Well, I don't really have many friends. I have Bobby and Sharon. That's really about it. Yeah, I'm not killing Mel because he helps me at work. <laughs> yeah, mine's just based on... Uh... Let's see. I'm not... I just would feel bad if I killed Zach. I feel like I'd almost be doing Ken a favor if I killed him. <laughs> Well, he said he want, He doesn't think he's going to live to be very old anyway, so <laughs> maybe that can be what just, you know, helps him get to where he thinks he's already going. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So at least we have that part figured out. We're, we're closing in sort of towards the end of this movie. We are. Um, And then, yeah, so she would make her sister go to a fat farm because she's too big, because she's <laughs> oh, yeah, a nice sister. Yeah, because expects to keep this $4 million. Not happening. Of course, Sam guilt trips her into giving it to the church. Which we all know that money did not go to That's any right. good either. So she was just like brainstorming of what she was going to do with the money when they were leaving the bank. And then he That's was like, she... you're not keeping this. You're giving this away. Yeah. It'd be very hard to give away $4 million. I, I especially mean, to a religious institution. Especially the Catholics. <laughs> They're known to be a very controversial like Sam, religious institution. Like, Sam, can I give this to like a, like a music program instead or something i'll give it away but can it be something cool no you have to give it to the religion that's been hiding and covering up uh molestations (laughs) and abuse 
that's the one that you should definitely give oh, it to. He also says it too, like, you'll get into heaven if you'll do this. Yeah, that, yeah, you'll buy your way into heaven. That's how it works. Okay, so let's see. Okay, so at this point, he knows what's going on. She, Who's he? Well, yeah, Sam knows everything. Yes. He's very in the know. The money gets moved. Uh, it is found out. Carl figures it out. Carl figures it out. That the money is not there. The money's not there. He's frantically checking. He's sweating like a pig. He talks to, because he shows up at Molly's place, or like, that might be after. This is He's still at the office figuring it out, and one of the funniest lines in the whole movie is when he gets up, and he's like, "You somebody messing with the computers? Oh, yeah, because <laughs> he, he gets up, and he turns the computer monitor off, and um, well, at that time... We have oh, Sam th- there. Just- well, this isn't happening yet. He's just not figuring out the bank things. And now he's pissed and weirded out. So then he goes and visits Molly. And that's where Sam is. And he's like... Well, Sam <gasps> follows him to the office, yeah, too. But, yeah, this is when he follows him to the office because he shows up. And he's like, oh, Molly, I, I can't explain it. Uh, I'm going to have to be back. I'll be back. Because she does say something about how she didn't wasn't sure about... Odame being Rita Miller, and that did, yeah, get some. I might be mixing stuff up. I'm so. Sorry. I don't remember exactly when it happened, really but it was the same night. Yeah, because either way, he. I think he. I feel like he was fucked with by Sam at work first because he was freaking out that he was trying to find the numbers, and then he turned the monitor off. The monitor came back on. Oh yeah, he yelled at everybody, and then he was still there late. And then, and then Sam starts. And then he's like, "Who was doing this?" And Sam's like, "Sam, Sam, 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 Sam." Sam, Sam, Sam. Sam, Sam. Which is interesting because he's talking to him, which he obviously doesn't hear him. Uh, but Sam is just like, "They're gonna put you with like I don't remember who he said, but he he acted like he was going to be." like locked up with someone who's like super important and it's like i'm sorry to tell you sam your life isn't uh, a big huge story but he he says something like they're gonna lock you up with this person or they're gonna do you like this person i thought it was kill you i thought he was saying that the people that that money was supposed to go to his higher aboves are going to kill you. Oh, I don't remember what that was about, but he did seem kind of happy about that, which Sam never seemed Sam like a bad person, dead. but he definitely well, murdered. Well, then he doesn't want Odame or Molly to be in danger either. So no. he would rather him just be taken and out. If Carl gets taken out, he's the, he's the only connection besides Willie to Molly mm-hmm. and Odame. Yeah. So there's only two people that need to be taken care of. And they, whoever else is above them, since, you know, you said he's been talking to someone else. They don't know. He hasn't mentioned Molly. That's probably. what I'm saying. Like, yeah, they yeah. probably don't know any of the details. They're just like, I don't care. Just, just get, get it money. done. Yeah. Just get it done. So this is all just something that I think that Carl is dealing with on his own. And he's just trying to get things figured out and he's freaking the fuck out. So then it's, I need to kill Odame. <laughs> After this happens, because he does talk to... And he says he's going to kill Molly. Molly. Yeah, yeah. If you don't give me the fucking money, I'm going to kill Molly. And then, because he does know that Sam is somehow fucking with him, too, and it's freaking him out. Yeah. So... He comes back with Willie, too. Well, before that happens... um, Oh, God. They call the cops. I forgot. Because Odame shows up. So they do find out. And then Odame, yeah, she knows that that they're looking for her. Because they show up and they start, like, shooting up her uh, psychic place. Yeah. Trying to find her. Uh, At least Willie does. So he's, like, running after her and shit like that. And uh, she goes and hides with Molly. 
who calls the cops. Now, is Willie still with us? I can't Willie remember. Willie is still with us currently. Okay. Um, that didn't happen before the big... The, the second worst part of the movie? Okay, it did happen before this because he does... I wrote, ghost fuckery is abound. Yes, because... Okay. Bring it back, Swayze Sam. Swayze goes to Otome's apartment and says, hey, they're coming to kill you right now. And then they leave and fucking Willie is still in Otome's apartment. And that's when Swayze starts shutting doors in Otome's apartment and shit and throwing Alan things and freaking turning on out. sinks and stuff. And Willie's like... To buy Otome ghost! time, essentially. Yeah. And he runs down. That's runs right. He's out. just like pushing him and pushing him down the street, yeah, yeah. like on the sidewalk. Yeah, he keeps and... just fucking hitting him and stuff. And then Willie gets nailed by a fucking he, car he freaks out and runs like through an intersection type area yeah. and there are like two cars that like smash two or three that smash into him yeah and then they did another cool like shot where he gets hit by the car and it launches him over the hood and he gets up and he, you can see a freaked out look on his face as he realizes oh no much like patrick swayze earlier I'm actually dead, and I was crushed, and I'm on the and fucking your, hood still. I wasn't launched over. Still, yeah. I'm still over on that car. Which is interesting, because before that happened, you could see that he had still had that cat scratch from a few days ago. Like, they yeah. still had it yeah. there. And then as soon as it showed him, like, picking himself up off the road, his face was totally clear. So is it? I didn't notice that. Any of those, like, human things were not there anymore that was something that i noticed on so this last get, watch so if i get hit in the face with a cleaver my face is fine in death i think so because Sweet. there's a i mean later when the next person dies they're not all brutal and That's bloody true. and stuff That's true. when their their ghost isn't but this is when we get to finally meet the other the, the others whatever when you die sometimes you see a light from above mm-hmm. but and then others who don't live so well they see another form. There are these screaming, screeching shadows that come and pull you to hell. Yeah. This effect is so funny. Not f- it, it, I love it because it's like drawn shadow characters. Okay. So did you read? Did you look it up? No. Because I did. No. Okay. So kind of well, guessed. Well, I'll wait a little bit because Tony Goldwyn explains his experience with those and that's what i'll talk about but yeah it is a drawn on thing it's a drawn on thing and it just looks like they put you on like a crane or something or wire and you go and go back into some shadows yeah so that was the guys the noises that they're making are hilarious because they're like there's a one that i locked onto every time which was just like an old man going (laughs) it was definitely but it was trying to be spooky when i was a kid and saw this I thought it was creepy. It probably would be very creepy. The way they get sucked back into the shadows, like their eyes look lit up more than everything else. Mm-hmm. You can see like they acted it very well. Despair of going just back like with your legs and your hands in front of you. Like you're actually being sucked into a hole. Almost <laughs> just going back. It was, and it's it interesting really cool. because when obviously when you're given the the heavenly light, it seems that you have a choice to make. But if you're a piece of shit, you have no choice. They are coming, coming for you. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did think that that was interesting as well. Almost like you lose that last choice that you have because you're not worthy. You're scum. You suck. Okay, so <laughs> you're scum. You suck. So Carl does see. He doesn't see all of the you know demonic pulling him to hell shadows, oh, no. but he does see that 
that uh, Willie has been killed in the Willie, street. Willie is now deceased. And it's really funny. Before he gets sucked by the shadows, uh, Willie. Sucked it's up. really funny when Patrick sways. He's like, hey, Willie, you're dead. Oh, yeah. Because Willie's very confused when he first saw it. And then he sees Patrick Swayze. And then he's horrified. Yeah. And then all of a sudden... Well, yeah, he's just scared for the rest of the time he's on the movie because he is terrified. Oh, he's once the ghost shit out. happens, he's all wide eyed and spooked out. Oh, for sure. So at this point, uh, Odame and Molly are still at her place. They're waiting for the cops because they've called the cops. And then Swayze goes back to them. Swayze gets there he's before hang out with Carl does because Carl does. He's on his way there, too. Um, Carl's going to fucking kill kill Odame and threaten to kill Molly. Yeah. But bef- until he gets that fucking money. But before, you know, there's a lot of action, there's crazy stuff. We just saw Willie get smashed between multiple vehicles and all this, you know, these black shadowy demons dragging a soul to hell. And then we're going to take a little break in between this. <laughs> and we're going to choose this big elaborate labor of love in the middle of running for your life because who the fuck, you know, whatever. So, um, he goes back to the apartment, like you said. The Sways man. And, uh, this is so stupid. It's like, uh. Back to romance. And we it, gotta get the romance back yeah, in. Yeah, and she's, you know, doing the translation between the ghost world and the human world. And she's, they're like, oh, I wish I could feel you. And she's like, you can. And she, long story short, she sits down. She lets Patrick Swayze jump into her body. The old P. Swayze man. And uh, they have this... The P stands for possession. Possession Swayze. <laughs> that works for me. <laughs> Pancreatic Swayze. Aww. Aww. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I threw myself off with that because I made myself sad. It's the one last touch. It's the one There's last a possession. time. So we he... also got to hear this fucking song again. Unchained Melody starts again. All they really do is just dance, kind of, and like hold each other. And just like feeling faces and stuff. And you see Patrick Swayze all lit up and glowing. Theatrically, yes, we are seeing Patrick Swayze. One more time, they can feel each other. But we must remember that the entire time. We must. That it's Whoopi getting handsy with Fuck Molly. Fuck yeah, it is. So I'm to imagine Whoopi and Demi. Getting a little dirty with each other. I didn't really get that dirty. It was just, it was just touching. Yeah. It was touching shoulders and the yeah. face and yeah, the exact same touching they did earlier. Real like Helen Keller type <laughs> affection. <laughs> that's that's all that was happening there. But yeah, very strange to imagine just Whoopi and <laughs> embracing. And how does Molly, the character Molly, put that to the side and just accept? Like, yeah, this is Patrick Swayze. This is a. Uh, fucking sam touching my face and body yeah it's not it's whoopee well it's odame well because the whole rena miller thing happened she had to prove to her once again to even be let in the door so she wasn't open molly wasn't open to odame at all because she thought for sure she's a fucking scam artist so once again he had to say you're wearing the shirt i build this on you're wearing the underwear that you wrote your name yeah. in you're doing uh, so pulling I'm gonna that make stuff a out. penny float in front of your face yeah so she actually saw something so she let her in and trusted her so there's this whole like sweet scene? what if what if it was actually a trick that Odame just like oh she was a magician she just likes no she just likes uh 
No, there is a ghost. But Molly can't hear Patrick Swayze talking, so Otome is just sitting there like, you know, there is a way he can touch you again. And Patrick Swayze is like, what are you talking about? Yes, uh, he's in my body now. Let me touch you. What are you doing to my girl? Stop touching her, oh Otome. My God. Uh, I love you. So <laughs> even if they're not aware that Carl's character is coming for them, they're still waiting for the cops. So they're still choosing to have this big, like, affectionate weirdness. Yeah. Like, someone's going to knock on the door. Yeah, that's and when the fun time stops. <laughs> weird. So weird. So someone does knock on the door. It's not the cops. No. It's a very angry, angry, overacting Carl. It's a very angry Carl. Let me in. They won't. I think he shoots the door open. I think it's funny that at first he's like, Malia, let me in. Hey, we got to talk. As if it's not frantic. And then she's just like, get out of here. Like, I know what you did. And then it's, okay. Is I'm about to kill these bitches. Yeah. That's so what Carl's thinking. He gets in. It's this whole thing. It's this, because their property is unreal. In the beginning of the movie, you see them, like, knocking out a ceiling. So the ceiling can actually be, like, extremely tall and high. Yeah. But it's, like, the back of their apartment. So it's all still, like, under construction. Oh, is that what's going on? I didn't. That's what it looks like to me. That it's a different part of the apartment. That it's this, like, huge space that they have, but they're only actually living in part of it. I started to think, since Patrick Swayze is obviously a high-rise guy, I almost wondered if he owns the whole building. And he's just working on other apartments, getting it ready to lease out. That's possible as well. Because it seems like, as at first I thought, oh, that's a fast transition because the first scene we see them working on a apartment and then the next scene they're in an apartment that's just everything's fine. just clean and together so then i thought oh maybe they're working on other apartments and that's the first apartment that, that makes they sense. already got ready so i think that's what's going on that makes sense and that's why when they're being chased by carl they can go into this like now it's back into gloomy dusty areas mm-hmm. but in the dark chase scenes and stuff yeah i think there's just carl pisses me off on this scene because he's chasing over man he's chasing molly and of course he patrick pull- swayze's Running around too, but he can't really do much besides yell at Otome and knock over a vase here and there. To try and distract things or slow yeah. down Carl. But Carl. I do not like when Carl, they're trying to climb the ladder, right? Mm-hmm. Od- and Molly goes first and Otome goes up second. And Carl grabs Otome's ankle and fucking throws her onto the ground. And I was like, God damn it, get your hands off of Whoopi! <laughs> You son of a bitch. I'm so glad that li- you've li- been able to change your mind a little bit on Whoopi. I literally wrote, I don't like Otome being thrown. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But she does get thrown. It's cinematically correct because now you fucking hate Carl. You've already started. I mean, by this point, you already don't like Carl. But when Carl throws Otome to the ground, you're like, oh, you piece of shit. <laughs> God. And then I don't really remember how... Like, so they're just chasing. He does get a hold of her. So then she's just like, oh, to May. And I think she goes back. So then it's just a scuffle between them. But then they're able to like, I don't remember. Cause it's just, it's like, cons- doesn't Patrick Swayze, like a door gets opened and Patrick Swayze's there and he starts doing his like push thing I... onto Carl. Like, you know, I can interact with the physical world. Okay. So that gives them time to try and like get away a little bit. Yeah. Cause I think he just pushes him into his 
untimely end is that what it is because i know that they will like climb out windows and then like climb on fire escapes and go into other spots oh yeah did they climb out and he was trying to climb out after him so i almost felt like he was trying to get in to where they climb back in but i don't remember exactly how it happened but somehow when he's in he's climbing through a window the window comes down and it like breaks and falls down. It breaks and it goes through his midsection yeah, and it's guillot- kind of gory. It guillotines his fucking gut. Mm-hmm. It's really gory. It hits his gut with that point and Gore just shoots up like onto the glass. And before he actually <laughs> dies, he's he's making this like death like gurgle <laughs> sound too, which I think is a pretty uh, interesting. And a really good scene when his, his soul now just like sits up, mm-hmm. sees Sam. Puts it, to, you can see his head working. Like, wait a minute, I can see Sam. Does it, and he turns around and sees his fucking gored out body with a piece of glass that's like two feet long oh sticking God. out of his gut. It's 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 stuff like this that where when you think like Ghost is just a chick movie, no, not totally. It's not. There's chick parts <laughs> for but sure. For the most part, it's a comedy. And I think it's mostly a comedy. I think it's a, like a, a suspense. suspense movie. Yeah, and but you get some death. <laughs> yeah, you get some, some like you get some heavenly and hell stuff. I mean, it's the, all over the place. When the fucking glass hits him, it's legitimate good. Like you, were, I, I remember you being when impressed. It happened, I would whoa. Uh huh. Like I've seen, watch Friday the Thirteenth Part Fucking Four. The gore isn't as good as ghost i just don't think that you expected to see gore nope. in the movie ghost not like that mm-hmm. you would almost expect the glass to come down and they would just like you would see it kind of hit but just like not the point where it would hit and it would just show his face and maybe some blood go up on his face and he'd be like Ugh. instead you get a whole shot where you mm-hmm. see it go into his fucking guts. and then later when they pull back he's his body is just like <laughs> like stuck <laughs> In the window, and then he like sees himself again, and then this is where Carl gets to deal with his groaning devil shadows that drag him to hell. So this is what he said in an interview. Please, please let me know. We had dancers in black tights on roller skates choreographing the scene where they dragged me back. When they actually filmed it, there was a cable pulling me while I looked like I was wrestling with the dancers, but there was nobody there. So I just did this spasmodic dance. It was effective, but in a rudimentary way, if you think about the special or it was done in a rudimentary way, if you think about special effects nowadays. So it was it was dancers in black tights on skates. And then they drew over, it says, uh, the shadowy figures were made by rotoscoping. Yeah. In which animators trace over life movement. Yeah. I've never known what that is actually called. So Rotoscoping. I've done some rotoscoping on a few of our videos. It's a tedious thing. They said it's definitely cheese ball, but I think for the time, it worked for me as a kid. Awesome. <laughs> I To this it's, day, it's, I think it's awesome. Really? It's effective. I, I think it's weird. It's almost like I would rather it be obviously a drawn cartoon than a CG thing trying to look real, and it doesn't. I would rather just, we know it's not real, so make it look fucking obviously not real, but fun and effective. Yeah. Rather than, we tried to make it ultra-realistic. Well, guess what? Shadow demons aren't ultra-realistic. We don't know what it looks like. It's always going to look weird, mm-hmm. so let's make it a fucking cartoon and make it fun. Let's yeah. <laughs> and Yeah. It was, I mean, it was really over the top with the sounds and everything, but like I said, very effective. 
it worked. And then this, as soon as that happened, immediately Sam has fulfilled what he needs to fulfill. So the light comes back. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then suddenly now Molly can hear him. She can see see him. him. What? Otome can see him. Oh, yeah. Everyone's allowed to see the Sways man now. And uh, he says goodbye. And one thing I actually read that uh, the line was going to be different, but they changed it and literally made it the opposite. And it was something about how like you can't like something about like him saying goodbye and like having to let her go. But it was end up changed to something along the lines of like, like, you'll I'll stay with you. Molly, it's great. The love, you get to take it with you. Yeah, it's something, yeah, like about the love continuing and you taking it with you and it not ending. So it's just also interesting if you care at all about how movies are made just to see how things are. Obviously, they're written down, but just how much things will change during actual production. Sometimes you got a grand idea in your head and you get there and you got to just be like, well, that's not how this would work, and this isn't going to be how it's going to go, so we got to change it now. And sometimes someone just has a better idea, and you'd be silly to not and I think be open to it. I think it's neat when ac- actors understand their character so much that they can see something on a script and go, I can say something of that sentiment, but they would not say it like this. Can mm-hmm. I say it like this? And then they go, yes, that sounds more like your character. That was me, 2 o'clock in the morning, strung out writing it so it sounds like you got a better hold on yeah. so we the la- very last scene of the movie is him going into heaven and the, heaven. the uh it's just a very light screen there are bodies in the background it's like he's joining the others in heaven oh yeah that's right like. there's like little silhouettes on the side mm-hmm. going to join the angels that guy from the earlier part of the movie that was in the hospital Phil Leeds, <laughs> that big titted, beautiful man, <laughs> and uh, that's the movie. That is the movie. One thing I do want to talk about, though, yeah. actually, I'll wait because I think I have a good time when I when I can bring that up. Okay. So we are officially finished with talking about the movie before we get to the question section. Um, but since we're there to the question section, I say. <laughs> I knocked my microphone down. Sorry. Yeah, that was a rough sound. Let's go ahead and uh, get these questions rolling. What say you, Sam? It's time for questions. We're going to ask him about the movie. The movie goes to Patrick Swayze. questions yeah all right so um let's see why did i choose this i've already went over that uh it was my opportunity to find a way to force sam to watch it because i feel like he had the wrong idea about this movie absolutely did i didn't i don't necessarily think that i'm not saying like this is an amazing movie and everyone should watch it but I don't think it is what a lot of people perceive it as. And I just kind of wanted Sam to know that, I guess. And you're correct. Mission accomplished in that world. 
okay um what was your judgment prior to actually well no because you heard about it so before before you heard that podcast that opened your eyes up more i guess i'll give you two timelines on it before that podcast and then before our podcast before you actually watched it before that podcast it was always Whoopi goldberg was never i never really knew her in much I think I really only seen her in like Jumpin' Jack Flash when I was like nine years old on TV. What was that movie where she was with that dinosaur and there was like basketball? She was like a basketball Do not coach? Remember. I don't know. Uh, I The most I'd had was Sister Act 2, which uh, I liked, but Whoopi wasn't like a star in my mind in that. It's just the movie was just fine. The kids were the star. She was the star of the first one. So my... The way I felt before was this movie's just going to be all schmaltz, even though the whoopee parts are going to be in it. I don't think it's going to be that good. It's not going to save it. I feel like it's going to be a lot more romance. Mm-hmm. And I don't watch romance movies. I just I don't, I don't either. Don't. So and you, yeah, and you, it's, it's not in our world. Yeah. Uh, so that's what it was before the podcast that I listened to. After that podcast, it pleasantly was, surprised. It, it was because you was someone who you trusted. It's someone who I trust, and it was like a... Or trust, yeah. It was more of, I think it's got to be tolerable. I don't I don't think I necessarily thought I'm going to be like blown away by anybody's performance or yeah. like necessarily like into it. That was my... I thought I was going to get through it better than I expected. Okay. And that was what I thought before we did this podcast and before I watched it. Okay. I thought, I thought you were going to honestly have a harder time with it when I told you. I knew it was going to be easier because you had listened to that. But I still thought that you were kind of bummed because I remembered more than I think that you did that you had previously said. <laughs> I don't ever want to see this movie. Please don't ever make me watch this movie. I mean, still my first... When you say ghost, my first thought is gross Clancy. Like... But yeah, then I got to push that out. <laughs> because the there are two awful scenes where it's romantic. And if you take that out, there's no real romance in the movie. And all. not romance that's like schmaltzy. Like, not uncomfortable or anything. Yeah, those are uncomfortable. Yeah. Those those two scenes push it kind of hard. And the second one is just really weird because it's like... Because it's whoopy? She's just n- been lonely for a while and needs another human touch, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. And then somehow Molly is able to suspend the disbelief and just not look. Because I think she closed her eyes through it. So she wasn't actually looking at Whoopi. She just felt Sam. Anyway, um, so we have least and most favorite character time. I don't know if you're prepared for this. Did you think about this? I can probably do this, yeah. Do you need a second or do you need to? Well, which one are we doing first? Least? Always least, yeah. Always least? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to say my least favorite character is the more fat mover at the beginning when they should have a tool to fucking move that thing. Who's bad at his job. He's bad at his job, You yes. hate him because he's, he's bad, bad at his, his job. job. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's relevant enough. I so badly wanted to say that the cat was my favorite. Um... But I don't think that there's any way that the I cat could be that. a favorite. I, if I was going to have to guess, I was going to say, I bet your favorite's the cat, For Michelle. sure. But as far as my least favorite, um, I, I, I feel like I should say Carl, but I'm going to say Willie because I think he was motivated by less. Carl at least 
he had like more money. Like there was more on the line, I guess, for this, him. That was Carl's first because dive into and, that kind of world. And he also wanted he wanted Molly. Yeah. So for him, it was really selfish. For Willie, he was getting so much less and, out of it. And Willie's probably more of a, been a traditionally more of a scumbag his whole life than Carl. Yeah, he's the one who actually did the murder. I feel and like he's going to get way less money and, for doing and it's it. Probably not his first murder. He's no, probably robbed. Like so. he's he's a fucking thug. That's what you're supposed to think of him as. I think that's why he was hired to do it because he already had a history. I feel like Carl's. This is Carl's first time he's been a bad boy. Mm-hmm. Like he stepped out and then it's really fucked up now. That's why he's so sweaty and so freaked out and so erratic all the time. It's he not Willie's really first fucking rodeo. No. So <laughs> Willie's trash, much like uh, Whoopi's wig. They're both trash. They <laughs> Willie's go. trash. He can be sucked out by the demons. Yeah, get out of here, demon man. Okay. <laughs> and then most favorite character, which if is not going to be the cat for me, Sam, do you know who your most favorite character is? I don't see how you couldn't choose. There's two to choose from. Okay. Vincent Chiavelli is one of them. Exactly. And then the other one because is... Because he's helpful, but he's also a psycho. And he's just acting as, even for the little amount that he's in it, oh, he's, he's acting fantastic. as top notch. Mm-hmm. And then the other choice, the only other choice in this whole fucking movie is Whoopi Otome Brown Goldberg. God damn it. Mm-hmm. I got to give it to Whoopi. She's the fucking best in this movie. She's great. It's the best I've ever seen her in anything. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed her performance. Yeah. She was just good. So did uh, a lot of other people because, again, question. she won her one and only Oscar for doing the, her part in this movie. Sister Act. Does she have a more of a role in the first one than she does in the second one? Yes. Is she funnier in the first one? I don't know. Okay. Because like I said to you previously, I think not on the podcast and probably also on the podcast, the second Sister Act 2 appealed to me more because it was focused more on kids. And more first, the music, right? Yeah. The first one was this lounge singer running from her mob boyfriend and his cronies and hiding and just, yeah, that was more like action and stuff so that didn't appeal to me Isn't more harvey Keitel, the mm-hmm. first time <laughs> yeah harvey Keitel is like her her ex do we get to see harvey's butt in that movie unfortunately no Damn not it. in sister act but probably in many other <laughs> movies um so your favorite is i think that well, makes the second a lot of, sense. of vincent chiavelli uh i'm gonna go the exact same because i feel that uh yeah i've always really liked vincent's um I've always liked that character. For me, that's usually what I think of when I think of Ghost. I'm able, because I've seen it, to bypass the ceramic part. I think of scary Vincent Chiavelli on the train. I bet there's a lot of people that do that. So A lot of kids that did that. Like, that saw it when they were young. I bet that's what they remember, not the fucking clay scene. And I also always thought that Tony Goldwyn was kind of cute, too. Carl. Oh. Yeah, I did. More than Patrick. Well, I'll show you what he looked like in Friday the 13th, part six. Jason lives. He was probably adorable. He's wait, I think he's cuter in that than he is in this. He's, <laughs> he's trying to schmooze a lady. He's trying to get some. Well, although, never mind. He was in this one, too, when he takes he that shirt off. Definitely was trying to schmooze I didn't realize you were getting hot lady. next to me when that shirt was off. So I am going to have to give it to the EGOT winner herself. Whoopi yeah. Goldberg's Odame Brown. She deserves it. She deserved winning what she won. I do want to take a side note here to discuss people who have received EGOTs because it's not as big of a list as you might think. I thought it'd be a shorter list. But it's not a huge list either. 
Um, let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. 16 people. The most recent looks like it. Uh, someone named Alan Menken. He's a composer and producer. The second most recent person to receive an EGOT or an EGOT. It's not like an award. It's if you don't know what it is, it's Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. So John Legend. Really? He has received one. We have Andrew Lloyd Webber. Ooh. Mel Brooks. Okay. Audrey Hepburn. All right. And I don't know that I know any other ones. Like Rita Moreno, Marvin Hamlish. Like, I don't know these names. Um, and a lot of these people are like directors, composers. Alan Merck. Like Alan Menken, Michelle. I feel like I shouldn't recognize it. Well, he scored a lot of stuff that you know, including The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Pocahontas, and Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, classic. You, you like Alan Menken. I do, actually. I really do like <laughs> Alan Menken. I've got nothing bad to say. So, I, I, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, Whoopi Goldberg stands out as being, let's see, two, three, four, only four women have ever won. Mm-hmm. And she's one of them. I wonder so how many big. of them are uh, black women. I don't think any of them. Just Whoopi? I think she's the only one. So I think she has that going for herself. Comedian, actress, host. That's the thing. When I think of Whoopi, a lot of people probably think of Whoopi themselves as the View yeah, host. I would say and so. And I don't... I mean, I, I sometimes will watch the, the View clips, but I don't... I just don't think of her as being there. I don't think she... I. I thought of Whoopi for a long time as Center Square. That too. She was. <laughs> yeah. She was Center Square. Uh, and Gilbert Gottfried would be there fucking with her all the time. <laughs> yeah. And I loved it so much. I loved Hollywood Squares. <laughs> it was good. Loved it. I liked a lot of game shows. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm right there with you. So I think that Whoopi deserves to be the favorite. Absolutely. Loved her. The reigning champ for the movie coast. She really carried this movie. Um, would I recommend this movie to people? Like, like I said, not necessarily because I, I'm not proclaiming that it's some great movie that you need to see. I just think that it's not what you expect if you've not seen it. And if you're a man, you most likely haven't because you're just not interested and you think it's just a romance movie. Yeah. But it's more than that. It really is. I know I'm not supposed to. It's not my question, but I would recommend it just for fucking the comedy of Otome Brown. Mm. Like it's gen. She's genuinely funny. She's really a good actress. The comedic timing and everything is genuine. Swayze she was an actual on-stage comedian when she was younger. She was a stand-up comedian. So she gets it. Like, Swayze's a little rough sometimes. Demi's okay. Nobody really shines. It's just, but just for Whoopi's parts. If you could find a way to just to watch Whoopi's parts, do that. I think Tony <clears throat> Goldwyn doesn't do a bad job, honestly. For for someone young in their career, we were not I, on the same I understand <laughs> the, why he got more roles. After that, I'm not saying that yeah, I followed his career or care his, about anything. Because his dad was the G in MGM. <laughs> his grandpa was. And his dad eventually. His dad, his grandpa was Sam Goldwyn. His dad was Sam Goldwyn Jr. And, and he's and his friend was Sam Wheat. 
<laughs> it sure was. Yeesh. So I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know that I would recommend it. Not 31 years later. <laughs> but I think if you only think of Whoopi as someone who is on The View and isn't actually a very talented artist, it'd be worth checking out. Say, so watch Ghost. You'll feel different about Whoopi. Yeah. You'll see why Whoopi got to where she did and why I, she is a house. Why she was a staple. Why she was a household name. Yeah, I think I I have nothing bad to say about Whoopi. But again, I don't think about her like politically or anything like that. I just think about Whoopi being a good actress. Absolutely. Um, and so as far as uh, Sam, would you ever watch this again? I'm sure you wouldn't put it on. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Uh, I would watch it again if it was on. Yeah, for sure. I I liked this a lot more than I expected to. Hmm. A lot more. <laughs> well, that's cool. I uh, mean, I was... Before I was incapacitated and really, like, was done for the night last night, remember I said, let's watch Ghost again? I would have watched it again. <laughs> I was fine with that. For me, it would have been more of a refresher if we actually did, um, just to be closer to actually having watched it last time and recording, but... Um, one word, Sam. Sam Wheat. <laughs> what is your one word to describe the movie Ghost? Uh, one word to describe the movie Ghost is surprising. Okay, I'll say that. To I me, mean, I, I surprising. I get to that. Me. Yes. Okay. I am going to say sass. Because Whoopi Goldberg has some real sass in this movie, and uh, I like it. I'm a fan. I'm a Agreed. fan. Agreed. All right, so we are finished with Ghost. Ghost is Oh, we're not going to rate it with Rock and Roll Cats? Oh, I didn't know if you wanted to do that. I do, yeah. Okay, you want to rate it 0 out of 10, Oliver the Rock and Roll Movie Watching Cat? My 0 to 10 rating is... 7.5! Wow! Yeah. I'd give it a seven. I was thinking seven. What will you give it? Seven. <laughs> okay, so we did that part. There's a and, lot of movies that are way worse than this. Like uh, Halloween yep. Kills, way worse than this movie. I uh, I said that too. I didn't say about Halloween Kills, but Ghost is not the worst fucking movie out there at all. Not at all. And there's so many movies that you and I haven't seen, so... Why not just kind of see something that people have that that's beloved? Why not? There's a reason things are beloved sometimes. Sometimes hit things are a hit because of something. Yeah. Sometimes it's bullshit and shouldn't have been, in my opinion. But Maybe. sometimes the math was correct. Maybe. Sometimes something is good enough that it that's why it got big. For sure. Yep. Well, it's uh, time to stop talking about this movie, I guess, and uh, focus on what's going to be happening next week, Sam. Oh, what's happening next week is... You're going to be taking this over, so... I'm taking it over, and I've finally chosen something that you might not be too miserable. All right. Well, I wish I could remember what it's called, though. <laughs> I don't have my phone. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Wesley Willis fiasco. Okay. I think it's the only album they had. Okay. It's on YouTube. You can't... It's not on Google Play or anything like that. Uh, you'd either have to have the CD or YouTube it, baby. All right. The Wesley Willis fiasco. We's doing it. I feel like one at one point you said you didn't want to ever do Wesley Willis because you thought that it would get like mean or something, but I don't think so. I don't want to do Wesley Willis with certain guests because it would get mean. Oh, okay. And one certain guest had a lot of Wesley Willis material and would be perfect for it, but that certain guest 
would probably be mean. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure who you're talking about, but I have an idea. So <laughs> we'll just move along from that, and uh, we're finished. We're done. We're sorry it took two hours and 40-something minutes, but we're done. <laughs> hey, it just goes on and on and on and yeah, on, doesn't it? It does. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We appreciate it. There are going to be videos on YouTube, as always, and uh, tell somebody. Yeah, spread the word. Eat a turd. Uh, and pass I'm, that around as well. Uh, Goodbye. Second verse, same as the first. <laughs> <laughs>